so uh, anyway, but I've been teaching um, and working with uh, the Job and Careers Ministry back with Ar- Arlington Answers. Those of you who know what ArlingtonAnswers.com is, mm-hmm. since about ooh, 2008, 2009, when that was first launched. Uh, we don't formally have a Job and Careers team right now, uh, but uh, praying about God redeveloping that ministry, and this is kind of the first kickoff of that. Um, I've been uh, pestering Jonathan uh, for several years about that, and uh, and so uh, that's why we're here. And um, I just wanted to be able to let uh, let our ladies, and then eventually, hopefully, our gentlemen introduce themselves. So, I'm Kathy Strawn, and I own a company called um, Healthcare Management Associates. My husband and I um, started that company out of his accounting practice, um, probably about 19 years ago, and then I took over. Um, as president, probably in uh, 2006, I think, or seven. Time flies. I, I kind of can't remember. But we've been both involved in it um, for that long, and we serve medical providers, uh, physicians, and providers of medical service. You know, non-physician providers, and basically we're their bank. We uh, we make them their money, and make sure they get paid. And so the the journey for that is has been an interesting one. So that's what we do. And how long have you been here, Grace? I've been here, Grace, uh, right at uh, eight, nine years this spring, I think. And uh, I've known Larry Gallus through worship ministry for about 15 years. And um, that's how we got connected with Grace Community Church. And and uh, we're very grateful for the Lord to bring us here. I can't even imagine. It's our reward for going through all the stuff we went through, is for the Lord to finally put us at Grace uh, Community Church. So my husband and I have three sons, and uh, they are 31, 26, and 20 and a half, and um, three and a half grandchildren. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yes, one's on the way. You know, he's, uh, he'll be born in March, and we look forward to seeing him. Three, three grandsons, and, or two grandsons and a granddaughter, and he'll be our third grandson. So uh, very grateful. Thank you, Kathy. Mm-hmm. I'm Kathy Peters. I've been here at Grace for about six months now. My husband and I uh, decided after going to a few classes that this was where we belonged. For uh, 28 years, well, 32 years ago, I started working as a legal secretary. I took a four and a half year break to own my own business in medical transcription. And after that period of time we made the painful decision to sell and I went back to being a legal secretary. Um, It's a very rewarding job. It can be very frustrating at times as any job can be. But for a a single mom, which I was at the time that I became a legal secretary, it's provision for me with benefits and insurance for my children and pay that and Christmas bonuses and just the things that a single mom would expect from her husband, the Lord provided through becoming a legal secretary. I love what I do. It's a, a great job to have. Uh, can be frustrating, but the rewards, I think, for any woman or man, we do have male secretaries in law firms, um, is one of the best out there for a future. And uh, I have four children, three boys and a girl, all 
I won't even give you their ages. Don't do that to me. They're grown and gone. I have uh, 12 and a half grandchildren and one great granddaughter. So uh, Lord has blessed me well. Glad to be here. Thank you, Karen. You're welcome. Um, I guess we're going to kind of go ahead and get started. Um, have you all got questions already uh, formulated in your mind that you want to start asking? If not, um, I'm going to ask them, maybe ask y'all to kind of some opening comments about that. Um, I'll tell more about my background in the resume workshop, so I'm going to let them have more of the floor at this point. Can all of you stay for the resume workshop? Okay. Because um, we've got a lot, of, a lot of ground to cover there, too. So, uh, so any opening comments or remarks that y'all have about what you see and you know what are what, what's coming into the workplace and just whatever you'd like to talk about at this point. Great, Brian. I I think it's real critical um, to kind of start at the beginning where your relationship with the Lord and your work life is concerned. Um, I appreciated the information that Brian sent to us before the this you know workshop that his whole purpose and goal you know really lined up with what we've learned. And um, we've gone through job scenarios, and as a business owner, um, my husband and I, um, uh, uh, as he, him being the accountant, uh, me being kind of OCD detail, nutcase, you know, um, perfectionist in a sense, you know, we make an unusually weird couple. And, um, but the whole thing came down to one, one thing that Brian put on his uh, information for us was basically the preparedness helping people be prepared for the job market or what they do on a daily basis. Um, My husband, as an accountant, interestingly enough, found himself out of work at the age of 50. He's um, almost, uh, he'll be close to 60, you know, like he has a birthday this month, he'll be 59. And um, the, uh, the emotional and mental trauma he went through in his career because he was a CFO at oil and gas He's been an auditor, an accountant. You know, he's done. He's he's amazing. He's a tax guy like none. Can, I mean, you know, he's just phenomenal in everything he does. Um, and where accounting is concerned, <laughs> he's not a handyman. I have to put it that way. He's not phenomenal at other things, but he's phenomenal where accounting is concerned. And so, for him emotionally to realize that he was unhirable at the age of fifty was really a struggle. We watched when we walked through together and. I believe the Lord is turning our company world around to help minister to that factor. But in society today, uh, you know, gone are the lifelong careers in a corporation. They just don't exist any longer, but that's okay because our trust is not in our corporation. Our trust and our source is not in the guy who writes our check or the gal who writes our check. Um, Our company now um, has 40 employees, uh, male and female. We've walked through a lot of transitions I'm a reluctant CEO. I did not and do not almost on a daily basis want to do this. But I learned a long time ago, I don't ask myself. I just don't give myself an opinion. I say, Lord, your will be done. To God be the glory. Whatever you want me to do is my worship for you. Now, he has made me to do that. I just flow in that well in a sense. I don't do everything right. But you know what I'm saying? Like We're hardwired by God to do certain things. And I had to find out from him what that was. And so I wanted to encourage you guys as kind of an opening where I'm coming from 
And I believe we all said this kind of as we talked earlier this morning as far as just our heart posture, our mental posture, our spiritual posture um, about our daily work life. And um, the three scriptures I thought of this week is uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And these three I talk to myself about on a constant basis. I have to cheer myself on almost on a daily basis. Um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Um, And so what I tell myself is, I acknowledge you, Lord, in all my ways. I declare that I trust you above everything else. Therefore, I have the assurance that you will lead me and direct my path concerning my every day. And um, Proverbs 3.11 says, Honesty or the integrity uh, guides the upright, but the dishonest or perverseness of the wicked shall destroy them. And I tell the Lord, because in the workforce, I was shocked to find out there's so much wickedness. <laughs> I'm a nice girl. I, I love church. I, love, I would do worship and Bible studies and go get my nails done every day. You know, I'm not, I don't like the workforce. Um, but I learned there's some really, really wicked people out there. And um, so what I tell the Lord is, you know, Lord, my honest purpose is to glorify you. Uh, therefore, I expect to be guided by you. I expect you to make me succeed. Because you said you would honor the upright. You would honor the integrity of the honest. Does that mean that I don't have feet of clay? No, I don't, I'm don't. i not perfect in anything I do, but my heart is honest before the Lord. And so when I make a mistake, I go, oh my, so sorry, forgive me, don't quit to my employees <laughs> or to my managers, you know, Bruce, don't be mad at me. Um, but God, I expect him. I expect him. Now, do I have to make honest decisions? Yes. When I don't want to, yes. I have a personal thing about paying the IRS these enormous payroll taxes. <laughs> but, I mean, honest with you, but Bruce goes, Kathy, forget about it. You have to pay it. Because I'm thinking as an entrepreneur, oh, my goodness, what I could do with that money every month. Forty people on staff. That's not, I mean, you know, like, it's a lot of money. So I do struggle with that. But I have to be honest and do it. I have to be honest and pay my taxes. I have to be honest and do the things that honesty requires me to do when I know that I'll be humbled by it. But because of that, then God's obligated to lead me and bless me. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not putting God to task, but in a sense, I kind of am. You know, he said it. I didn't make that up. It's his deal. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You know, like, he doesn't mind that. So in the last one, Proverbs 16.3, commit thy works or your actions to the Lord and your thoughts shall be established. And it's also translated and your plans shall succeed. And so I tell the Lord, I commit my work or the things that you lead me to do. And then I I also ask the Lord to not let me be deceived. Lord, don't let me miss this because I'm just not that smart. So I'm expecting you to, to lead me and put these thoughts and plans in my way. And I'm expecting you to help me also not be deceived. If they're not your will, shut the door, and I'll, tr- I'll be okay with that. So, therefore, I expect my thoughts and my plans to be um, eventually established in you. And what? Um, so then you can move forward in peace. And so as, as a job person, I tell you these things because um, we, we have to submit our lives to the Lord. And whatever He wants us to do, we have to trust He will lead us there and we can't talk. We shouldn't um, 
talk ourselves out of what where he's leading. And I try to do that with him on a routine basis. Like, Lord, I really can't do this. This scares me. This client is too big for me. I'm out of my depth. And he always says, well, of course you are. That's the whole deal, Kathy. You know, if it was all up to you, where's me in the picture? Where's the glory to God? So I have people that work for me that eventually, it's hilarious. They'll they'll say, I really don't even know why I'm applying here. I really don't even want to. I have no idea what your company does, but I can't get around the Lord. And I'm like, well, thank God you're finally here, you know, because I pray you here. And they come from so many different backgrounds. And I tell them, if the Lord's in it, he will find what you're supposed to do here. And, and I commit to them their salary. I don't expect their faith to believe for their salary. That's my job. So if I don't get to get paid, they will definitely get paid. And so I'm being, if they're taking a step of faith to come and work in my company, then I'm going to commit to them to hire them, commit myself to them and let the Lord show us what they're supposed to do. So in your search for job career changes, just all to his glory, try not to ask yourself the opinion <laughs> when you're applying somewhere that you're thinking, why am I doing this? You, you have to just trust the Lord that he's directing your steps. Now, interestingly enough, back to my husband's story, he went to school because he loves history. He is... He, was, he should have been born in 1776. I mean, he loves American history. He would wear the wig, the whole thing. I mean, you know, he, he just loves, loves, loves um, history. So he went back to school and got a master's online through New England College, uh, Master's of Public Policy. And so he wanted to teach. He, he's always wanted to teach on a, on a uh, college level or a high school level, teach uh, American history, po- politics, public policy, anything like that. So he went back to school, got his master's, um, and, you know, put his resumes out there for a year and a half, and nothing happened. Nothing. To this day, he's not teaching. But the point was that, you know, the Lord needed him to do that, and you have to look at the big picture and trust in the Lord and not lean to your own understanding. The month after he had to lay himself off out of the oil and gas, he was the CFO. He had to lay everyone else off. Then he finally had to go to the owner and go, I I have to lay myself off. You do not have the money to pay me. Mm -hmm. And uh, he worked for several months without a check because he was trying to, you know, believe. He's such a great employee. He's such a great servant um, to these companies. So the point is that when, when that finally happened, then all of a sudden, I had to really pray and ask the Lord for healthcare management to make up the difference. Like, Lord, you know we need an income. You've called us to this home. You've called us to uh, this part of our of Arlington. Uh, and I got a huge client the next month. Scared me to death, but, you know, like, that's a routine. That's a common factor in my world. I'm not a courageous person at heart. I'm a chicken. So, um, But it takes my dependency on the Lord to, to be able to do it. So... He went to school to actually just enjoy himself. You know, he it was okay that he went and got that degree and didn't do a thing with it. He just needed that, and it made me really, really start calling down heaven for for healthcare management. The company just took a humongous leap up that year. I mean, it just exploded. So God's in control of all these things. He still doesn't. He, you know, what's kind of odd too is actually he ended up now coming to work for me. Like now he's my CFO. 
and it's been fantastic. We need him so badly, and I can't pay a real CFO, <laughs> so he's cheap. <laughs> so uh, it just worked out perfectly, you know, because there's no way I could hire someone of his understanding, his knowledge. You know what I'm saying? God was so gracious to me, and gracious to him, because he serves now our our company, and they love him. So just don't lean on to your own understanding, but God will direct your path. If our life is, is our worship, so therefore our work is our worship, our, our, and I come home every day, and when my kids weren't, you know, when they were home, I took my CFO, CEO I had off in the car, put the mom hat on by the time I got home, and everybody was hungry. You know, like you just, your life is your worship. You, you, you just figure out what to do, and Bruce now, so many employees that we have say, I've never seen a husband serve his wife like that. And I'm like, me neither. This is great. You know? <laughs> so um, he, he's, a rep, he's an example that it's just about the role. It's just about authority. He's just serving the role of the CEO. It just happens to be his wife. I, I respect his role as CFO, and he has his own employees. Now, his office is at the front. Mine's at the back. We try to keep, <laughs> try to keep a little space there so I don't drive him nuts. But, um, you know, God is in control. And so I have lots that I would love to encourage you about. But that's just where I come from in wanting to help people in the workforce. There's a lot we've learned, you know, a lot I've learned. But just don't limit yourself. Know yourself. And, but know God knows you better than you know yourself. And he, he, his leading, it may be funky, but just, just roll let with roll with it. Just roll with it. Thank you, Kathy. Mm-hmm. That's, they're gonna, you're going to hear a lot more about the theme that Kathy just talked about. In the in the, my resume uh, seminar because it's a lot more than than just about a job mm-hmm. and I'll share more of my story then. Kathy, um, is there anything you'd like to share? I would. Um, scripture tells us that our steps are ordered by the Lord. Well, if they are, then we don't have to worry if we turn to the left or we turn to the right. He's going to guide us back to the path that He's already laid out for us. So don't be afraid in your life to take a step. Because he's got it. He has got it. My life as a legal secretary started when I was in the ninth grade. God started my walk there. I had a biology teacher, Mr. Bell. He was so sweet. He would use these huge words that none of us knew made the class so boring. And one day he came in and he said, I want to know why you guys don't like my class. And, of course, we have always a class clown in the back. He says, well, why do you have to use those humongous words? And he says, if you paid attention, you would find that after I used that word, I would give you the definition. But you guys are too busy focusing on the big word. You're not even paying attention to what comes after, which is the definition of that humongous word. He said, if you want to be successful in life, I'm going to tell all of you right now, start doing crossword puzzles. Put more vocabulary into your life, and you'll go far. Well, I took it to heart. God was speaking to me through him, and I started doing crossword puzzles. Well, now we're going to go, I don't know how many years (laughs) forward. I was working for an oil and gas company in Houston, I had three children, single mom. I was doing okay. 
I was getting by. That was back in 81, 82, when the oil and gas was really booming here in Texas. And then our president decided to work out a deal with OPEC. They started capping wells in the United States. They started telling each one of us, start looking for another job. I didn't know what I was going to do. Two houses down from mine was one of the sweetest ladies I'd ever met in my life. And she worked for a law firm in downtown Houston. And I was telling, and we carpooled because we both worked in the same area. So she, uh, I was telling her my predicament, I don't know what I'm going to do. She says, do you type? <laughs> and I said, yes, I do. And she said, um, and you can file? I said, yeah, I do all of that where I work. She said, I'm going to get you an application from my law firm. Do you think you would want to work there? I said, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so she got me an application, I filled it out, and a couple days later they called me. And I went in, and I took a typing test, and I took a transcription test, and I took a spelling test. The spelling test was where God showed himself to me. <laughs> because I would say 78% of the words I had learned from doing crossword puzzles. <laughs> so the Lord already had my steps directed. I just had to use the tools that were laid out before me so that he could get me to where I needed to be. I got 100% on the spelling test because the other words were not crossword puzzles, but I knew them. Thank you, Lord. And they hired me. I knew nothing about being a legal secretary, but they were willing to train me because I scored so well on the tests. And I started out on <laughs> an electric typewriter with carbon paper. <laughs> and as you know, those years have changed immensely, and I've had to change with it. You have to keep an open mind, realize that God has put you on that path. Grasp whatever you can to glorify him in what he has chosen for you. Let me tell you, the, the verse that says, work as unto the Lord, those attorneys are not godlike at all. And sometimes it's really, really hard in any situation, really, to remember. But I would get up in the morning and remember that God was who I was working for that day. I was going to get back to him what he had given to me, and what he had given to me was that position. He had laid out my path, brought me to it. Now he was going to hold my hand and get me through. I took a hiatus, not a hiatus, actually, I changed professions, somewhat, um, in 2008, and decided that I wanted to be my own boss. So I purchased um, a medical transcription company. And I, like Kathy, some of them were big companies, and I was pretty afraid to step out and do that. And while the Lord brought the work to me, the money wasn't there, and the government just wanted more than I could give and survive on. So it was like the Lord was tapping me on my shoulder, said, wasn't this fun? Now you have to go back. <laughs> and it was very difficult to get back into the legal profession after being gone for five years because 
everything's computerized now and the programs change so quickly. But if you can keep up to date with what is going on in the profession that you're in, you will never lose the talent that God has given you. And you can just get back in there. He opened a door so wide for me. It was, I believe, a miracle. He knew what I needed to do, when I needed to do it, and he just opened the door. And there again, back in the legal profession, and, and I've been back in it now since 2013. I've been blessed immensely, and uh, I think one of the things you just have to remember is how much he loves you and how much he wants you to succeed in whatever you're doing. And if you trust him, you have to trust him. He will bring you through it. He really will. I've been blessed. Thank, thank you, Kathy. Thank you. Daryl and Eric uh, are running a little bit late. They're both going to be here in a few minutes. Um, I want to. I guess I want to share a little bit about my story at this point. Um, so you kind of know where I'm coming from. I uh, 9/11. The uh, if you heard this giant flushing sound. <laughs> that was my career. My two areas of marketing and advertising were in travel and telecom. Now, some of, to some of you that are younger, you may not, that may not mean anything to you, but in this area, those two industries literally flushed both that day. The airlines got shut down for a month after 9-11. There were no planes in the air. And all the telecom, there was blood running in Richardson and Telecom Corridor where I had nine clients. Um, when I was with an ad agency during that time. So <clears throat> the, the message you had about getting zeroed out, you know, like Bruce did, mm-hmm. and finding yourself um, trusting in God, uh, another, uh, that was a 20-month job search after 9-11. <laughs> a 20-month job search. We had one child. We had another child less than a month after 9-11. Um, Come on up. Come on up, Gerald. Um, and, uh, and so we learned to trust God. This church was very instrumental uh, in, in being part of God's provision for us during that time. Because two kids going to... I, my, my, my career literally, my vocation was literally zeroed out. Ad agencies were not hiring. There was no money. There was no money for it. It was just gone. And so I had to start over, basically. Um, And in the middle of discouragement of going through a 20-month job search, you learn a lot about yourself. Then again, in 2000, between 2006 and 2007, I helped an ad agency win a $250,000 contract with hosting contract with Frito-Lay and helped do the, the migration uh, for all of Frito Lay's websites to the to the ad agency's websites, and on Monday I came in and they thanked me with a pink slip. Oh. <laughs> I was a senior guy, I was a senior project manager, Andres, and uh, the contract was up for renegoti- renegotiation. And guess what? Seniors guys go out like the, the senior level, senior people, people, senior paid people say that five times fast. <laughs> They go, you know, and so I uh, went through an 11-month job search during that time. <clears throat> so it's something that 
my life's Bible verse, Kathy. My dad taught me Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust the Lord with all your heart. What's that mean? Your emotions. Don't lean on your understanding. That's your, your intellect, your knowledge, whatever it is that's me. And in all your ways, acknowledge Him. Everything you do. Uh, work. Work is worship. You know, <clears throat> come on in here. here I'm going oh, to let, let you sit down. I'm um, let these guys introduce themselves in just a second. So, it, but in all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will... The promise. That's a promise. And we, I've learned to take it to the bank. That He will guide your path. The job I'm in right now, the contract job at Verizon, I got a hundred calls on the, this one job in less than 24 hours by recruiters. That's what God has done for me in my career. <laughs> that gives you any idea of the demand for what I do. I'm not smart enough to figure this out. This is God. But we're, we're dealing with a, an issue of faith and fear. Those of you, the men in the audience, we all know, you've seen your husbands go through it, and even some of your ladies. A job search can be a place where you're attacked. Mm -hmm. And we're not just here to help you find a job. We're here to encourage you. This this ministry, what we're here talking about today is, is about encouragement because... It's the one place, or not one place, it is a place where the enemy will attack you. Just as sure as I'm standing here talking right now. It will happen. And so, job searches are not just about a resume. <laughs> it's a matter of, of building. Uh, sometimes it's God turning up the heat in our life. I don't know if you know the story about how a silversmith knows when to scrape off the the, when you turn up the when you turn up the the heat on a sil- vat of silver, all the impurities come to the top. It's called dross. Okay, the silversmith knows when to scrape the dross off. We can when he can see himself in it. When he can see himself in the reflection. So God causes God allows the heat to be turned up in our lives. So all the impurities rise up to the surface, and he knows it's time. When he can see himself in the reflection. It's an amazing story. That's been my story. God's still... Uh, I'm still a contractor. <laughs> my wife and I have learned to live in faith. That God is not... He might provide. In all your ways, not to, And He will direct your path. He... Uh, my wife doesn't freak out like she used to. <clears throat> but okay, good job. Okay. You know, so that's the message here um, that uh, of my of my personal story, and why uh, I believe there's a need here at Grace for this to happen. So, uh, with that, I'm going to turn it over to Gerald and let him introduce himself, and then Eric, bless your heart, <laughs> Eric has been with my son. And how many boys? How many acres? Oh, you know, twelve or so. If you see the, the dark circles on your side, you'll understand why. So, Daryl, introduce yourself and, and uh, comments. And yeah. y'all can be thinking about, I mean, as far as if you've got questions, 
write down questions or anything like that that you got, and when when they when they get finished, then we'll um we'll actually start doing a, a kind of roundtable question answer. I'm Gerald Sudi. I'll be brief. I apologize. Um, this is not my normal schedule. Normally, the, I go home to sleep, and uh, on Saturday mornings, though, I meet with a couple of ministry people. So that got canceled today because of the youth event. Yeah. So I said, well, I'll go home, and I'll uh, lay down, and my son-in-law called. He said, change, Dad, I'm going to change the oil. So I was out changing oil with him. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, no, it's the fifth already. <laughs> so I apologize. So one of the great things when job search is you want to be punctual. Well, I failed already, so, so you can see I'm here. But uh, I come from the other spectrum of Brian. Uh, I'm a 50-year-old, 8-year-old male. I started in ministry, full-time ministry as a missionary. I went to a foreign country. $300 a month was my certainty and and I lived there for 15 years <laughs> and God provided every need and I came back and I taught school and I sold RVs I went to work for British Petroleum I was still in ministry all this time as an associate pastor just not not uh, paid because we were planning a church then we came back to the United States and then uh, when, I, when I was teaching school and working for British Petroleum I got an offer to go work for a uh, a, drill, uh, a feeder company from General Motors, so I did that. And uh, sure enough, after working there for a few years, they went they, they went bankrupt, and uh, I had transfer rights to General Motors. So and then I transferred here in 2006 with General Motors, and I had my dream job. But that dream job didn't happen until I had been uh, through how many years of working. I started when I was 15, basically worked full-time from the time I was 15, and then I got my dream job uh, when I was 55. <laughs> so what does that sound like? <clears throat> That's Joseph. He had 40 years or something, maybe Moses or whatever, right? So I had to get through the backside of the desert to get to the front side of the desert. But my position now with General Motors, all I do is take care of people. So I work third shift, and I have 1,100 people on my uh, shift. And in the plant, we have 4,000. That means we, my responsibility is about 20,000 people when we put everybody together. If you have a personal problem and you're an employee of General Motors, we have a service for you. You come to see me. For instance, this week we had a, one of our people committed suicide. So my job mm-hmm. is to uh, work with family, uh, clean all that mess up. Now, last week we had two fights. So my job is to find out why these people are getting in battles. I have people in drug treatment centers. I have people in alcohol treatment centers all the time because people have problems. Mm-hmm. I have you know kids that are raped. I have uh, people that are arrested. That's what I do. But we also deal with simple stuff. A lot of our people are depressed. A lot of our people are discouraged. And so those, that, my ministry is to pastor those people to get them through so they can get their head right and get back where they need to go. The situation where they... Uh, and I look for jobs for people because all my families, if their moms or dads aren't, or kids aren't employed, then I help them find jobs. So whatever you need, if you're in my plant, it's my job to help you with that. And so I have fun. And I have no, really no boss. I don't report to anybody. I just do what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. So I'm really thankful. But that's my dream job. So really what I'm doing is pastoring, and I'm getting paid an ungodly salary. I never made this kind of money when I was pastoring in a church. <laughs> that's the reality. And I love to do what I do. So, But it, it's a God thing. It's been a journey. And you can see how all of my other positions prepared me for this position. And I'm very thankful. So I'm here to help you and support you and help you get where you need to go. And I can tell you... A lot of stories. But now my time's done, and you're on. Now yes. it's over a minute, too. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, I was a marketing management major at Baylor. Introduce yourself. I'm Eric Gentry, and I've uh, been married 26 years, got four kids. One kid just graduated from Baylor, I mean, from uh, UTA, and he's uh, 
about to get married in March, and he got a job offer, and he went ahead and accepted it yesterday. He was trying to deal with, he was trying to get to Chrysler to do something different up in Detroit, but it was dragging on, you know, as you can imagine, what yeah. big companies would do. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, contract negotiations. Yeah. Time to hire exactly. Him. But he's got a job, so hallelujah, praise the Lord. He's a mechanical engineer, and uh, but really, I have. Uh, I sold uh, I uh, I sold personalized date books first three years to college campuses, and then I sold insurance and investments and a lot of group benefits for about seven years, and then I went into IT recruiting in '98, uh, and I did that till 2003, and then I became a full-time minister doing children's creative for uh, two big churches over in Dallas and Prestonwood and for Watermark, and I kind of helped build the children's creative program and, you know, putting out programs in rooms like this for children. And then I went back into recruiting back in 2006, and so I've been full-time IT executive recruiting, and uh, I've also done some accounting and finance and audit, but I mostly live in the technology world. And, uh, and you know, I do it mostly over in Dallas, and I've, you know, so I'm a kind of a fee-based recruiter where the companies pay pay our company a certain percentage for me going out and kind of a headhunter and going and finding people. And, um, you know, I, um, you know, I'm, 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 as I tell people, I'm about an inch deep and I'm real wide because I can, I can talk to, I'm not afraid to go in and interview anybody or just kind of, if, if somebody needs, I've done plant jobs, I've done audit, I've done salespeople, mostly technology and I've, I've kind of learned to fake it a little bit, just ask good questions in general. And then I, I, I get educated on their job the more I ask questions. And then I kind of figure out what they're looking for. And uh, so, you know, you know, my goal will be to help you, you know, yeah, I'll answer any questions you want. But, you know, you know, hopefully get you an idea of what employers are looking for. And I've kind of put some of the hot buttons and why people are denied, why people are, you know, kind of what, what all happens in that world. Awesome. So the floor is open at this point. If you've got some questions, please uh, feel free to, and if you will, stand up, because we are recording this, so I kind of want your voice to carry. <clears throat> um, by the way, I've been trying to, uh, over the last few years, help feed information to Eric, um, because he's a recruiter, and we've actually, he's actually had some jobs, but that's uh, how we kind of got to know each other yeah. a little bit better. So, <clears throat> but the, um, so... I'll hit it off like I normally do. Um, what are some of the big things that you see that causes people to not get hired or that are big turnoffs? To that? Um, good question. You know, there's, there, there's two sides of being hireable. You know, one, you have to have the skill set. And so, you know, it's skill set and it's personality, cultural, cultural fit. And I'll hear that on both sides of, you know, so, you know, you know, one, you know, I, one of the things I'm telling my sons and I tell everybody is if you want to do well in an interview, start right now doing really good in your current job or whatever you can find a place to serve. Because really, to do well in an interview, you need to have a good story. You need to be able to talk and say, this is, you know, this is how I've done. So what I tell people is today, find something broken at your company, at a ministry you're volunteering at, somewhere, and find something broken, 
Make a plan for the next 60 days to fix it. Create a success story. Create a success story. Because 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 what what you'll do is some point in the next 60, 90 days, you're going to get called in for an interview. And they're going to say, well, tell me, you know, how do you how do you address problems? Well, let me tell you about that. You know, a month ago, I saw that there was an issue, blah, 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 blah. And you can talk about the last 30 days, how you've been trying to fight through and, and fix things. Because one of the things I feel like every employer wants is somebody to come in and fix problems. Oh, every yeah. company has yeah. problems. Oh, and if you want to be employable, today decide, I'm not afraid of problems. I'm not afraid of broken situations. Find me something broken. I will Google the issue. I will go ask people. I will I will find someone to help me fix this problem. Because if you can talk about that in an interview, you're going to stand out head and shoulders above people. Because you're not just there, well, I did what I was asked to do. You know, they asked me to do this, so I, I kind of took care of that. And I was in charge of this, and I just kind of took care of that. They don't want to take care of a person. They want somebody that opens every closet door and sees stuff that stinks and is dirty. Now, well, my company was struggling with this, and I pulled this out. And if you can do that in an interview, yeah. they're going to go, we got stuff that stinks and is broken. Yeah. He's not afraid of that. Yeah. I got 15 employees that are afraid of that, and I can't let them go. But this guy might actually come in and do something. Yeah. So, I mean, number one, be a doer. Be willing to get dirty. Have a plan. The best thing, find a story right now. You may not have a story. So create a story day, day one today. 30 days from now, you'll have a story. So be a doer. And then skill set wise, you know, just just grow. You know, you know, co- computer. You know, like in the accounting world, everybody wants advanced Excel. I mean, once you say if you can if you can stand on your head and do something with Excel, you can help our company because Excel's cheap, but it does a lot of things to fix a lot of companies. And so a lot of us hate Excel. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of people are afraid of Excel. A lot of owners hate Excel. Yeah, and as a user, I love it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So if, if you're like, well, I don't know if I have anything, go over to TCC and take an Excel class. Mm-hmm. You know, there's plenty of places where you can take it. So number one, take Excel just because that's a general skill. Most companies are like, because you could use to fix up a lot of the messes in companies. People use Excel. Mm-hmm. So if you can have Excel, you got Desire. You can combine those together and fix something. So you know, you know, so have some tangible skills. You know, my my jobs are looking for people with some technology generally. And so that means I, I went out and I learned something. A lot of times it's like, well, do I spend the money to go get certified in this? <laughs> I know that's always a hard thing because just because you're certified in it doesn't mean they're going to hire you. But if you're certified in it, you're trained in it, maybe your buddy will give you a chance to come in and use that skill at a, at a ministry, in their company on a project, and all of a sudden now you have something you can put on your resume. If you don't take the class, you don't even have that chance to do that. So I would say find a cheap way, you know, you know, lynda.com, a lot of people use that to take all these software classes. So, you know, there's, there's subscription services you can get to learn and grow some of these skills. Yeah. But so get skills. And then, you know, be a, be, a, be a firefighter, be somebody willing to dive in and fix problems. And then in the interview, uh, you know, just don't be a, you know, don't be a toot, you know. You know, be positive, you know, be, you know, don't talk bad, poorly about your past employer. Don't talk poorly about, you know what, the reason I got, the reason I'm in the fix I'm in is my boss, you know, he didn't know what to do with me. You know, he did this, and he did this, and he did this, and... The reason I, I'm here interviewing with you is because he screwed up. 
You know, so you just got to be careful, you know, how you talk about your past, how you talk about your, you know, what you've done in your, in your story. So, you know, you know, practice interviewing with a friend and say, tell me about your past job. And then as they, you practice interviewing and say, did I sound negative about my job? Did I sound negative? It's like, well, actually you did. You know, you kind of blame this and this. You need to take ownership. How would you have fixed that? So, so I've got a question for y'all. I'm going to piggyback on what you. I have a philosophy that the best interviews are when I ask as many questions or more questions than the employer, hiring manager, interviewer. How, how does I, that? I agree with that. Um, as an employer, I'm hiring people all, all the time, or I'm doing the initial interviews, and if they go well with me, then I pass them on. Um, but I always, if they won't ask me anything, I always stop and say, okay, now, what questions do you have for me? What questions would you like to know about healthcare management? Um, because I've learned many times the people, they will not say anything. And they are scared to death. And I try, in, our, in my office, my personal office, I bring them in there because I have a sitting area, not a table. I'm not a, you know, corporate table kind of person. So I bring them in there, try to calm them down, try to relax them, but i got to get down to the nitty-gritty, you know. So I do, I would encourage you to say, might I ask you a few questions or, you know, be willing to ask a bit. I'd love to piggyback on that to where in our, in our experience, and many companies are requiring tests, pre-tests done before you come in. Mm-hmm. We actually have people send their resumes, but they won't take the test. And that just, I will not interview them if they don't take that test. It's a short six, eight-minute online test. It's t- for me to know their hardwired um, work trait habits. It doesn't have anything to do with moral compass. It doesn't have anything to do with personality. I want to know how you think when push comes to shove. Are you an email person, or do you want to talk all day long? Because the company you uh, were, are interviewing with, you need to know what kind of person they need. I would encourage you to investigate who you're talking to. I love it when someone says, yes, I looked at your website and I noticed blah, blah, blah. I watched your video on the website and I'm like, oh, I like you, that you show initiative. You care about who you're about to invest your life into. I need to know you care, you know. And besides that, I feel like now we have some level playing ground. Like I can talk questions that you kind of know what I'm talking about. So I would encourage you indeed to ask questions, be willing to take any sort of test because number one you don't want to be where you're not made to be you know and my company is all and and technology is a huge thing my company is very accountant technology um, more fact and data than people and so when we hire people that fit the 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 type of of rows we've got a hoe then we get a lot of productivity they're happy um, they, uh, I know, I understand them, but I'm not necessarily like that. Right. So, um, and when I said, you know, I hate Excel, I basically I hate Excel, but I need, <laughs> but I need Excel. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, Javier, will you get me this and make the, make it figure out this for me? Mm-hmm. And I'm loving it because he's like, okay, and he goes and figures it out, and he just brings me the data. You know, like I got to have some data, but I hate to do it myself. But um, I, I. You know, I am saying as an owner, you know, we've got to manage, we've got to make money, we've got to make the world happen. So figure out, are you a make the world happen kind of person? Are you a data person that loves Excel? You love to calculate? Are you a salesperson that loves people and you get energized the more people you talk to? 
The more you talk, the more you get energized. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some of us who, the more we talk, the more we just like are exhausted mentally by the end of the day. You know, we're kind of more data oriented. So the the HR group we consult with, their motto is know thyself and know thy neighbor. And I think that that's humongous because if you understand the type of person you are and how you think, then you can gear yourself to interview in those type of companies. You know, like I can sell what I'm passionate about, but to attach a money figure, a dollar figure with it, I'm just like, I can't do it. You know, like, so I know what drives me, and I know what I need to have happen in the type of person that I need to work in our company. So let me ask you something, Clark, your, your question, so you'd be able to extrapolate out what, what you can answer in terms of what gets people unhired? I, I feel like I just got answered about the full things. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah. because... Between what you, Kathy, I don't know if you have any comments. I, I do have yes, something please. to add if you don't mind. Yeah. The interview process is not fun. It's not fun for the interviewer, and it certainly isn't fun for you when you're interviewing. Just, yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. and, and we know how those go. <laughs> um, I think it's fun. The first thing that you need to do is remember to smile, be comfortable, shake their hand if they offer it out, but remember something. All they have to look at right now is your resume. And the, all they've got is your name, where you live, your phone number, your, what you're good at doing, how long you've been doing it, your education. That doesn't really tell them who you are. It tells you what you can do. So now you have to go in there and you've got to sell yourself. You've got to go in without being cocky and without being really boisterous, yet have, have something to share with them, to tell them you would be a benefit to their company, that it would be in their best interest to hire you, that you're excited about the opportunity and the consideration that they're giving you to come to work for them because it makes a world of difference if they see you coming in really wanting to work for them without groveling, understand. They're going to make a note on yours and they're going to put you in the second interview pile. So that's where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, attitude is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Has anybody taken the disc profile? That's my favorite one. Yes, I've done Because this. if you know who you are right. on the disc profile, you could communicate that. I've walked in sales jobs. They say we only hire high I's and high D's. If you're not that, you say thank you very much, and you can move on. You might be a CS. That's not your spot. She needs more C's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she doesn't need high D's walking in her job. Mm-hmm. But if you know who you are, that's a big deal, and that's a real popular one. Is, is that the most popular one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. I'd really recommend, and you can probably take that free. Or there's all kind of variations out there. Get an idea of who you are. Because mm-hmm. if you go in there knowing that profile, and you can just talk about that, what you learned in that profile, or who you are in light of that profile, those people will go, boo. Yeah. And then you have to look them in the eye, and you want to have a great attitude. Don't be looking at the floor. Don't be looking at the ceiling. Don't be looking. Look them in the eye. That communicates sincerity, trustworthiness, truthfulness, nothing to hide, transparency. Big deal. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I do, and I'll come right back to you, is I always ask the Holy Spirit for one question that could be a key question when I walk in there that I need to ask. I don't need 15. I need one. And many times I've gotten hired because I asked the question that was the hot one. Make sure you dress appropriately too. I've been I've been offered jobs just because everybody else was in blue jeans and t-shirts, and I came in in a tie, which is really not trendy, but to the job that made all the difference in the world. Good job. 
Excuse me. I'm just Google disc. D-I-S-C. D-I-S-C. And there's probably a number one a number of free ones out there. Testing, yeah. Okay, I never heard of it. yeah, that's probably the most popular one right now, yeah. isn't it? And people are more familiar with it, and a lot of the corporations use it. It's a big deal. And it will help you because it helps you understand who you are. Myers-Briggs. Yeah, Myers-Briggs. Yeah, yeah, but see, that's a little bit more intense and it's a little older. And I find the disc has been smoother and more contemporary, and people can get through it quicker. Well, it goes more to his side for technology capability. Yeah, yeah. Right. But if you get a high C, they can usually handle yeah. technology. Yeah. They're a detailed person, right? I think even offering to be willing to take any type of uh, work trait testings or anything like that, you know, just kind of make yourself open to be willing. Um, a lot of, um, you know, I can't speak on a corporate level. I can speak as an entrepreneur in a mid mid. You know, our company is over a million dollars in a year and blah, blah, blah. We got into a realm that, you know, I never dreamed we would, but it does change things. Mm-hmm. And um, because it is an investment, like what Kathy said, when I'm looking to have someone join my company, it really frustrates me because if, a, if, if basically someone just says, well, I just need to work. And I'm like, well, duh, you're here. I mean, you know, why else would you? To me, that's like, don't state the obvious. You know, obviously you're here because you need to work. And obviously I'm talking to you because I need someone to do a job for me. But I consider it an investment. And, um, and man, we've, and, and I have a certain wage level of person that I'm interviewing often. And it is different than, you know, many of you who are in higher level, you know, corporate scenarios. Um, and so, I, I acknowledge that I'm limited in my abilities to speak toward some of these subjects, but um, I do consider it an investment. And um, if, when I feel like someone is is being, um, in the sense of they feel like they're going to do me a favor to come work for me, you know, I want to say you don't even know what we do yet. Yeah. You know, like you're going to run out of here crying in about 30 days if you don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's intense, you know. Um, so it's really a difficulty to weed through a lot of those things. And so the fine balance of, you know, Kathy's point was so well taken that, you know, if you're, if you're when you're in the interviewing process, uh, just be gracious to the point of without groveling that you need a job, but just like, you know, I'm willing to invest into your company and make your, you know, make this company what it needs to be we all have a hard time meeting the bottom line these days and margins for making money and stuff like that can be really tight everybody needs to know you know that you're not going to make probably what you did in years past and or you leave a job that you got paid this much or they they be willing and open for god to put you where you need to be not just dictating the salary you've got to have exactly and so it you know i agree to that you know of, of just um Looking at it like they're about to invest in you, and will you be good soil? Will you bring back something to them? Mm-hmm. And you know That's what? Right. They're not your ultimate source to please. God will promote you out of there to a better job if you're right. faithful with what you do right. in whatever. You know, you have to look at the big picture. Joseph factor. Yeah, like yes. Gerald going through all that he went through to get the dream job. You know, and um, so you know, and and then on the note of Bruce, you know, now his ability to work. For our company, he's much more free to go on these trips for prayer ministry. He's, his passion is also prayer. But also he went through a cancer situation. And as we, he could come and go as he pleased. You know, and so sometimes the Lord knows what situation you need to be in because he knows what your 
your health is going to be like or he knows what's about to come your way. So God just divinely took the pressure of that work off of him to put him in a situation where he has, he can do anything he wants in our company, basically. You know, like, he's my husband. He can do anything he wants. You know, <laughs> um, you know but it's, it's, I mean, it's the truth. He needs that, he needs that atmosphere to where, you, you know, everybody's like, is Bruce coming in today? And I'm like, I'm not sure, actually. So <laughs> we just leave a note on his desk or email him. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So God just knows, you know. So. Um, let me circle back. I Googled it. Free disc assessment test. Okay. That'll that'll get you to several. That's very helpful. Several different things, and there's a there's a thing if y'all if you know about the lion, golden retriever, otter, mm-hmm. uh, was it Smalley, Smalley and Trent, Gary Smalley, John Trent. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. took the they took the Myers Briggs personality inventory and put it into AMP. So yeah. there's several, we can talk about that afterwards. But um, it's D I S C. I'm sorry, T not E I S K. It's D I S C. Disc golf. D I S C. Mm-hmm. Stands for dominant, influential. Mm-hmm. I forget what the, the S is. Stay more steady. Yeah. And <clears throat> C's didn't like being called conscientious. Okay, so we've heard about a couple of things. What are some other questions? This is your chance. Okay, Andres. So we're all heard about the interview practice itself, mm-hmm. like positive interview, reflection, and so forth. So two things come to mind. One, let's go one step back. How do you get to an interview? Mm-hmm. Two, and this is now just completing the sequence. The other one I was wondering, and I can ask that later as well, I re- will reiterate it, I got different industries, and I would like to probe a little bit more where you see the trend being going. That's actually the reason why I'm here today. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Good question. We'll, we'll get into that. So just for completeness purposes, how do you get to that interview? <clears throat> you know, I... Uh, yeah, mind if I talk first? No, 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 no right ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... I mean, we'll always say a friend is going to help you get the best interview. You know, the black hole of just submitting online is just, it, it frustrates everybody. You know, a recruiter like me is kind of a friend, but we're a friend with the price tag, so then you have to be worth the price tag, so, you know, it doesn't always, you know, pan out. But, uh, and, and, and to be clear, not charging the candidate. Yeah, yeah. Right. The, the, yeah, the client has, the yeah, yeah, the client pays my freight. But, uh, you know, one of the things I challenge a lot of people to do is put together a job search committee. And a job search committee would have some professional friends, some personal friends, some people that, you know, five or six people that you trust that's kind of your accountability group. And you just start putting together a list. You look at, hey, here's the here's the 20 companies I would love to work for. Yeah, I've been researching. These are the companies that use the technology I use, or you know, sell the things I like to sell, or or deliver these type of consumers, you know, customers. All this stuff is stuff I would like to do. You put that on a list, and it, it, you you search all their websites and see any jobs that they have. And then you get some friends together and you send them that Excel spreadsheet and say, hey, here are the companies I'm looking at. Do you know anybody at any of these? Do you know any companies that are similar to this? Any contacts. Yeah, any contacts. So really what you're trying to do is you know, do expand your sphere of influence. Because a lot of times what will happen is a guy that's in this group, his brother 
could be somebody that's connected to that, or his friend. Exactly. You know, and, and then I'll do a chips and salsa, or a you know a dessert night, and have have those people over to the house, and just say, "Hey, y'all are kind of on my board, helping me find a job." And you know, it, it, especially people that are my age that are kind of had 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 a career, and they're trying to say, "I know what I'm good at. I just can't find it right now. Can you help me?" You know, and just kind of getting some people to say, hey, I've got a friend, I've got a friend. So that's one idea is to start with a committee like that. But really, it's going to be friends and then be persistent. <clears throat> you know, every now and then you think, oh, I'm just going to irritate them. But honestly, the people that send me the resume, they follow up two days later. They sound very pleasant on the phone. They're not berating me for not having already called them. <laughs> but they're very nice. They're pleasant. I'm like, you know what? i got seven resumes. That guy sounded nice. I'll call this guy first. And it really does get me to go ahead and talk to them. Yeah. So, and you know, usually it takes four, you know, to a good salesman, it takes, you know, you, you don't get the call till the fifth or sixth call. So if you think you're a great fit for that company, pound them. Gently pound them, but keep looking on, and then LinkedIn. You know, that's probably one of the best ways. You know, <clears throat> look on LinkedIn. Look on everybody, search your second degree contacts for anybody that works at that company. Then all of a sudden you realize, oh, Fred is connected to a manager at that company. Call Fred. Fred, looks like you're friends with this company. I'm trying to get into this company. Would you mind setting up a call where I could talk to that guy? I've been pounding them for a month. I haven't gotten anywhere. Well, sure, I'll do that for you. You know, And so really find your degrees of separation it takes work, but it's very possible because, you know, nowadays we're so crossed over here in the Metroplex. Somebody knows somebody at that company right, you're trying right. to get in. That concept, that concept I'm going to talk about in the, in the resume seminar, it's called triangulation. Those, you, yeah. you know what that is? I started talking about that and I actually heard a re, uh, the concept and actually heard a, heard a recruiter some years ago. Put a, put a word with it. Tri- oh, triangulation. Oh, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about how to do that. Mm-hmm. A little bit later. Oh, your coffee. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Don't be afraid to approach people in your church. Everybody in yeah, your church knows yeah. what everybody does. Yeah. You find a guy, yeah. Let's we exist through jobs. Let's see. I, we didn't I have, have a job we couldn't problem. be. I have to catch your problem. I'd love to be a, just a black belt, do my job and whatever, but I find myself pushed into leadership. Yeah. So, well, you and I talked about it when we first met a little bit. Well, you have to just trust the Lord, you know, and in a sense, um, if that is your sacrifice, that is your your reasonable service to do the thing that God's asking you to do when you don't necessarily want to do it. It's like, it's like, yes, I'm okay doing it. I love it when I get there. You know, every night I go to bed exhausted. The next morning I'm ready to pray again to bless my day. You know, like. But it isn't necessarily. I would not have pursued it. I still wouldn't pursue it today. Well, I mean, you know, like, it, but you know, it's okay to fight it. You know, I think in a sense, whatever our personal struggles are, that just is life before heaven. You know, like right. it's okay. Um, and I'm just super <clears throat> honest with the Lord because, frankly, you know, I'm just exhausted from trying to be something I'm not. You know, like it's just uh, pretense is exhausting. So um, you just learn to be honest with the Lord and honest with your friends and yourself, you know. And then watch Him make you what He needs from you. You know, like it's, it. I realize it's not about me. It's about all those people that I'm 
shocked, you know, and we have hired many people from Grace, and it's because somebody said, hey, you know, did you know Kathy, you know, has this company, she's looking for your type of person, and like, they show up for an interview, and I don't even know they go to church here, that's happened twice, you know, and they're like, eventually in the interview, they'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, I see you on, work in, on the stage or something, I'm like, oh, you go to church with me? You know, like, that's cool, um, but anyway, so networking is super good, but what I would add to that that component, that as believers in our daily, I mean, we live this stuff. Uh, Jesus is very clear. I've looked at it in a million translations, and it still says the same thing. That Matthew 21 says, um, in verse 22, it says, You can pray for anything, Amen. and if you have faith, you will receive it. Right. So as your praying and as the Lord's dictating your steps like he says in Proverbs then you can ask Lord put me where you've made me to be you said I can ask you anything I didn't make this up you said it I'm reminding you you know like this is not my I'm not begging you for something you didn't already say first Mm -hmm. and then as you walk through these steps then you just have to know God's leading you and whatever he's made you to do you're going to network with the right people. Right. You know, it's, it it's all mushes together, but Amen. you have to ask him. He's, the Lord says, you have not because you ask not. Right. He's also, I think he's talking to us like these stupid sheep. You know, like, <laughs> look, people, you're hungry. Ask me where the, where the, the food grass, is. You know, ask food. me where the field is that you're supposed to go and eat. Yeah. And um, I think as, if we are coming to the kingdom as little children, he loves that. Because yeah. you know what? Um we don't know. We're one-dimensional. And he's three-dimensional, four-dimensional, six-dimensional, ten-dimensional, seven-dimensional. You know, he knows everything. And so we just have these things in our head. But if we're if we're just willing to go where he keeps leading us, but you got to ask him. Ask me, you know, Lord, give me an interview where, and give me connections to people. Give me where you want me to be. Amen. And like a little kid, you know, he's going to lead you. Yeah, you will, man. So I think knowing what your mission is, for me, there's work for what I do literally all over the country. I could go anywhere in the country and do what I do. But my primary mission is as a dad, Mm -hmm. a husband. And so when I pray, I've begun praying with confidence, God, give me work here locally. Mm Because I know you want me to be home. I know you don't want me to be on the road. I did that back in 2010. The luster wears off that about two or three weeks in a hotel room. Oh, yeah. So, so praying with confidence and understanding what your mission is. My mission is not a not as a, a provider. My mission, God will do that. My mission is being a dad, a husband, um, and making sure my wife doesn't strangle our children while I'm done. <laughs> so, but. Um, but uh, see, my kids would understand that. Yeah, uh, Eric, well, that's that. why. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> Sammy is doing very well. Yeah, cool. But, you know. but, but, uh, but, my, <laughs> but my, my, my mission, understanding what your mission is, I, knowing who you are and what your mission is, right? And then we can pray with confidence. I pray, God, give me something close to home, give me something to pro- uh, provide for my family, and give me something with longevity. Those have been my prayer, my specific prayer about work over the last four to five years. Um, because especially after I spent time on the road, extensive amount of time on the road during 2010, it's you know I I, I began to realize 
I interviewed for stuff out of town, but I left it in God's hands. But still prayed, still prayed about, asked specifically for that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. all right. Can I well, add something? Yeah, yeah, she has Can I add something? On that note, um, there are a lot of companies, if you know the, the area in which you want to work, uh, what Eric said was really good, but not all companies will use LinkedIn or Indeed.com or Monster.com. Sometimes you have to go to the web page for that particular company. Right. And click on their careers, yeah. find out what's available. Yeah. In doing that, you can start preparing yourself. You can start getting whatever training you might want, or you might try to link up with people that can help you get that interview. You can, if you're a college student, ask a professor to write a letter of recommendation because you're a good student. You learn quickly, you get along with others. All quality, you're punctual, you dress well, you're polite, you're eager to get things done. All qualities that employers want to see in their employees. The other thing is if you don't have anybody that can give you a letter of recommendation, but work in the fields that you are eager to get a job in, ask them for a letter of introduction. Especially your church members. Yeah. Or your because, pastor. Or your pastor. I've written a lot of those letters. Because a lot of times, just getting in the door is the key. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can do that, then that's half the battle one yes. right there. Yes. And if a letter of in- introduction will do it for you, by all means, pursue it, get it, attach it to your resume, send it in, and wait for the call. Mm-hmm. And that's pray. a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I, for five years, I've got a vast Excel, and I, I love it. I even use it at home to make spreadsheets for myself. Somebody ought to grab that girl. Right. Yeah, really. yeah, right. right. yeah. I was about to say. There's all kind of people who want you. Oh. And then um, also, uh, I've got a couple of great stories. One, um, I actually reorganized my job and ended up getting laid off because I cut my work hours down to Yeah, that happens. I, I hear that three times a week. Really? Yeah, just people did, did, that just like, yeah, my, my job this past year was getting rid of my job. You know, and so, you know, mm. just, it, just, it just happens. It's a very common thing. It, yeah. it really makes you sad. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a great because success story. It's a great it's success exactly right. story, and they do it really well. And then it's like, so how can I go? But, but there's somebody else that needs that, mm. that ability to bring process to their company mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. use technology to make, make them more efficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big deal. Okay. It's the other deal. one is um, I've had <clears throat> almost 20 years working in banks. Uh-huh. I have just two of them, so I don't move around a lot. Yeah. And um, uh, the other one was I discovered a lapse in uh, what we're doing with customer data. Mm-hmm. It was very unsecure, and for forever, I don't know how long, it had been overpassed by the not only internal auditors but external auditors. Ooh. So I fixed that. That's <laughs> awesome. It's a great story. That's What's a great the problem. Is um, a year before I left. We got in a new manager because uh-huh. 
manager with them left. So they brought in a new manager, and he brought in a new manager. First six months were great with her. Um, she gave me the best review I've ever had in my life at review time. A month later, she wanted not only me, but everybody in the department to falsify our timesheets. Not by minutes, but by hours. Oh my. And I very, and I was really <laughs> uncomfortable doing it. And was, I still remember going to her office and I was very polite and respectful. Told her I wasn't comfortable about doing it. I said, and knowing how I, by, the, by her behavior, by the way she's talked, I do not believe that she's a Christian. Mm -hmm. um, so I pointed it out to her that on the timesheet it says if, if you falsify it even by five minutes, you can be terminated. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I said if, if it's <coughs> HR knows, you know, that I falsify it yeah. and you approve it because you have to sign it, you can be in trouble too. Yeah. It didn't, didn't do anything. And I said, I, I, I just don't feel comfortable doing this. So she still insisted. So then I went to HR and I said, I'm in this predicament. What do I do? HR talked to her about it. Um, I said, I'm just assuming she's a new employee, not used to our culture, because I know that there's a lot of companies out there that I work for that are do anything. Uh, Anyway, when HR talked to her, um, I know they did because she sent out an email, and um, that put me in the bullseye to be fired. So she started writing me up for things that were happening when I wasn't even there. Ridiculous things. So um, when I got down to the end, we couldn't work anything out. I quit because I didn't want to be fired. Yeah. How do I approach that during interviews? And then the other one is, I would like to go back and get a degree in IT security. Where do you see the future for hiring in that area? That's good. They're always looking for IT security yeah, people huge. everywhere because with every new security program that comes out, there's a hacker that can figure out how to break it. So they're constantly looking for people with that talent. And I would say just be diligent. Just Go to these companies and look at their career uh, areas on their websites and see who's hiring IT people for security and just just be diligent and pray about it and because uh, they all want that they all want it. Okay. Let's I like to about my interview when they say, "Why did you leave your last job?" Don't want to answer. How do I, how do I? Well, we can't really ask. I mean, you know, like we can't, we're limited, I think, as a, in the HR workforce rules of things we can ask and what we can't. What I say, um, when I see the job history, then I'll just say, um, you know, tell me your experiences in your last position. And because there's, I've been told basically there's some things I can't ask yeah, in an right, interview. That's correct. And which drives me nuts, Ola. You know, I'm about to invest in something that they won't let me find out. I'm buying a car without asking how the motor runs. I think I which mean, is I nuts. Think that's the best way to do it. Like I was being, I was being fired for something uh, back in January. They said you quit, or we're going to tell TWC that you weren't doing your job. So, dearly, I mean, purely just a, a, mm -hmm. 
lack of integrity right. at the very minimum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Evil, possibly, at mm-hmm. <laughs> that level. But if you are proactive in telling your solutions, mm-hmm. your success stories, mm-hmm. how you solve the problems, mm-hmm. to say, I felt that it, I had to, to maintain my integrity Mm-hmm. I had to leave this position. Yeah, ethical considerations. Ethical is a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. Can I, can I say something mm-hmm. to that? Mm-hmm. I have a big, huge project right now which encompasses a uh, project with uh, software development as well. So I would like you to consider also to look at big companies who write their own software. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Yeah, share that, business cards. <laughs> yeah, right I have to draw from global resources, which is another discussion point and pain in the neck. But when I interview project team members, I'm not allowed to ask those kind of questions. Okay. But for you, would you have a fantastic story? Yeah. I mean, you have a great story. You have yeah. ethics. You have response. You saw a problem. Remember, car. You saw the cause. You have an action. You have a result. Mm-hmm. So, to Both me, there's try nothing to focus wrong with on that more. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't have a problem communicating that. No, I think either. some companies, though, they don't want someone with too much integrity. Yeah, you got to be careful. I'm, I'm with yeah. you. Like, I want but maybe people you don't want with to be high integrity. Company. Yeah. And so that's why, like, if you get the sense that they aren't really thrilled about your ethical concern, then I wouldn't want to work for them. Exactly. My, my very first sales so, job, I looked at the sales manager. And unbeknownst to me, the general manager already made up a decision, made a decision based on my experience. He was not going to hire me. Correct. They were not going to hire me. In my interview with, <laughs> with the sales manager, I said, I'm a Christian. My integrity is very important. This is not a strategy. This was just, it just testimony. kind of came out. Testimony. You you. Right? It was just, and I said, my, my integrity is very important to me. Why should I go to work for you? I, literally, those words, I'm, I, I still can't believe I said that back then. It was my very first sales job. And guess what happened? He went back to the, it turned him around, turned around and actually made him sell the company to me. And he went back to his boss, the general manager, said, we have to hire this guy. You know, because it's the old thing when, when you go out, you believe in your product, you can sell the product. So you, you can say, mm-hmm. "I left because mm-hmm. I was being asked to do something that I was not comfortable to." Right? Keep it real brief. Yeah, that's fine. Positive spin. Yeah. This is all what I've done here. That's right? Yeah. I was being asked to do something that I, I simply, I could not. People tell me that, and that's a, that's an okay thing to say. Okay. It, it, but you don't want to say they were asked me to do something. Mm-hmm. I blew the whistle on them, and I never no. felt, felt good about them. Right. So I keep it nice. very, yeah, keep you it very brief. That. You didn't yes. do that. Right. I've never. I know. Yeah. Me, you confronted it privately with integrity. Yeah. 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 Just 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 let them know that hey, I was subtle about it. There was something I didn't feel good about, and I just felt like it was a good time to to, to make a change. Hey, real quick on your security. Uh, have you ever heard of, you know, why am I blanking out? It's of uh, uh, ISACA. There's an ISACA. It's the, it's basically, it's I-S-A-C-A, but it's it's the, organ, it's, it's kind of a, it's a big network group. It's an organization that you can get certified in and all this stuff. But it's a organization for uh, IT auditors. For security, for a lot of those people, they have a they have a monthly meeting. So look up ISACA, 
There's a North Texas one, and I think there's a Fort Worth one. Okay. And so you need to start going to their monthly meetings, okay. and uh, you can take their free CPEs. Network. You can start sitting in classes. Okay. They're talking about IT audit, talking about auditing, security. And you're going to sit around a lot of people that are doing that job, mm-hmm. and you're going to just start rubbing off on them. Right. And all of a sudden, they're going to say, you know what? You know what you ought to do is there's a class, and the, and we hired three people out of this class, and it's a lot cheaper than you having to go get your master's in security. Okay. You're like, ooh, a $100 class, and I could get hired for this job? I think I'll go to that class. That's right. So so you need to go to that meeting, find out what they're doing, go to the pre-lunch you go to the pre uh, break, pre-lunch meeting, the lunch meeting, the post-lunch meeting. Cost you maybe forty bucks, but it'll give you a chance to hang out with all of these people for five to six hours and network and all this stuff. And you do that for three months, and I think you'll get a good idea of how could I be hireable, okay. and how could I take my skill set. Who would want me? Okay. And then you could, you know, and, and then you can start your steps of moving. There's, towards a, security. there's a saying that an old friend of mine, <clears throat> now a recruiter, strangely enough, yeah, she taught me a long time ago. It says, "No work, network, or no work." Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and I've got a seminar. If there's enough interest, I actually have a seminar that I've developed on networking and job search. Yeah. If that's if there's enough demand for that, or and there's network group. Like I, I was looking for a, a mobile developer using Xamarin, the special tool. So I went to a Xamarin workshop and let them teach, and I it was way over my head. But I was just like going, oh yeah. And I was sitting around all these guys that were going, oh this is great. This is good. So afterwards I sat around and we just sat and talked and I placed one of the guys and got referrals from some others. So go to find out, like LinkedIn has a ton of them. There's a there's a thing called Meetup. Are all y'all familiar with Meetup? Get on Meetup and search every network group that would somewhat interest you. And then you'll get on their email they're free. A vendor pays for the pizza. You just show up and you just sit and listen. You, if you're really looking for a job or you're unemployed or you're trying to employ up, you need to be going to three of those a week if you could. And, you know, they're, they're, they're just going on. They all meet once a month. Just start bouncing around in those. And you're going to meet people that are doing what you want to be doing. That's right. And that's, you need to find out their story, how they got there. Yeah. And then after three or four months, they're going to like you, and they'll say, "You know what? I'd like for you to meet my manager." You know, you don't force it the first month. Don't force it the second month. You just keep hanging out, and they're going to go, "You're really nice. You keep coming back. I guess you really do care about us. You're not just here to get a job." So you just keep showing, and then in three months, you're going to have a good story, and you'll be able to move on. So I have a question. Um, it used to be that you could get some of the more uh, current tech through like a temp agency, because mm-hmm. I did do that one time mm-hmm. and then worked with an insurance company from there, mm-hmm. is that I'm from the Chicago area. I don't, don't, right. still don't know that much about, you know. And is that still the way it works around here as well, to connect with temp agencies can help with that? We don't ever use a temp agency scenario because of our, I think, and to your point too, where the trending is going is very specific. Um, so a lot of corporations and companies are very, very specific in what they do because everything, not everything, many things are so IT related that we all, that forces us to be very specific in what we do to meet the demand of the IT that we have to work within. And so I find that temp agencies, number one, their wage is higher than I want to, than I, I can't even match the temp agency's wage for a person. And it's real generalized in what they do. 
what we've been able to do is actually get some people who would come in on a project basis for 30 days, like an externship. I have a, a computer gal from, I, I also recruit a bunch from UTA, and so I have this gal from um, India, Apurva, and she is an IT writer, blah, blah, blah. So I have her in for 30 days um, and just messing with our server, reorganizing our server system and blah, blah, blah. So actually I'm kind of testing her out also. And she's willing to work for just a decent wage, you know, like um, because wages is just labor costs are enormous in my industry. But um, so I don't particularly go with a, te a temp agency scenarios. There's too many X's against it, you know, too many things that would not accommodate our type of industry. And I I know no one in the healthcare industry that goes through that. So that's my in you know, information. She's with a smaller company. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a $200, $300 million company, there's the cost of not having an employee. And they're like going, mm -hmm. you know what? I need somebody doing this work or I'm going to lose a $20 million account. Mm -hmm. Get me three bodies in here tomorrow. And so, you know, it, it just depends on what their world is. And so, you know, we do do contract to hire a lot. And so, you know, it's like they'll call and say, hey, we're going to need this person it's like, tell me what it is. And we and they'll say, we need to do that. We could send in somebody that within 10 minutes knows exactly what to do, mm -hmm. and they're profitable for them mm -hmm. because we're able to target. And they're willing yes. to pay for it. And yeah, they're willing, and to, they're pay willing for to pay for it. And so if, if, the, if the pain is high enough and the need is great enough, they'll, they'll pay for it. So, you know, I've never played in the – I've mostly done direct hire perm jobs, but I've worked – but the companies I've had been with, we do – you know, contract consulting. And so some of it is that temp and that contract to hire. So with a specific skill set, we can. But uh, I've never done the, you know, temp, you know, just the, that, the in, temp in just general office. You know, I think a, a temp in a general office, that'd be really expensive. Mm -hmm. Especially yeah. in your line of work, work yeah. it, it would just shoot your, your, your budget. Our learning curve is so large. Yeah. I mean, a temp just wouldn't help us other than yeah. with the mail. And so how could I afford somebody... At that level, so you're right. A corporate versus small companies. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on where you're trying to get in, what skill set you have. Mm -hmm. We can we can help guide you, mm -hmm. um, and you're with family, <laughs> okay. So we're gonna you know we're gonna be able to help guide you and say okay, you need to get connected with this this area, this networking group or whatever. And, and if you're new, are you new to the Dallas Fort Worth area? Well, um, a year and a half. That's relatively new, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, there, there are lots of networking and a lot of, you know, it, you'll have to go out and meet people and actually, you know, press flesh and do online networking and, and, and offline networking. Um, but there are lots of lots of ways to do that, and and then you can figure out, okay, yeah, it, there's there's probably a recruiter that does what you, you know, that that specializes in what you do. I, I, I'm ninety percent of my ninety percent sure that or better yeah. that there you'll be able to find someone like that. So we can help get you pointed. So yeah. Other questions? Um, more about like uh, looking at changing uh, changing industries. Um, I like yeah. You know, I'm strong at Excel. I'm you know intuitive with computers, and I have a lot of uh, you know I can learn stuff very quickly. So mm -hmm. it's like I feel like there's places that I could fit in a lot of different industries and a lot of different companies. And so trying to narrow down the job search or trying my work history, I have a degree in chemistry, I taught high school for a while, I've sold, uh, done financial advising, and for the last five years I've been running the kitchen. Uh, so I've got all, you know, 
I've learned a lot of you know accounting and inventory diversity and, yeah. and all that stuff with it. Um, but there's a lot of other industries I think that I could probably fit into that I don't have relevant work experience necessarily. And so just mm-hmm. how to narrow the focus down a little bit, and then how to. Um, What's your passion? What do you want to do? That would be the question. <laughs> Like, you know, because you're interested in everything, obviously. It, really, I am, and it's like every job that <laughs> I've gotten into, yeah. I've I've learned to really get into. But the more I've learned about it, the more I've enjoyed it. And so, um, right now, what I really want is to find a job that would let my wife stay home with our kids. Yeah. You know, we just we just had a baby, and we want to homeschool. And so she's a nurse, and she makes really good money. So there's a lot of income that I would need to supplement yeah. to be able to do that. Um, and so, as far like I really haven't had a. I like working on computers. I'm also some little person, people person. Um, I'm not, you know, I don't want to necessarily be behind a computer, eight, you know, eight hours a day. But uh, I'm comfortable with that and just solving problems with Excel and stuff. But uh, that's, I don't have necessarily an industry that I'm feeling led towards mm-hmm. right now. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very open and flexible with it. But that's also kind of just mm-hmm. yeah. know, casting a very broad target. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, real quick, interview a bunch of friends. I think that's one thing I try to do with my kids in college is make them go and meet with my friends and people that if they say they're kind of interested in this, go and talk to them and find out what that looks like. You know, take, you know, go to lunch with one of Kathy's managers. Go to lunch with another person and say, tell me what your job is. What do you do? And get to know, you know, things. Don't just read about it. It's it's called informational interviews. Yeah, informational interview. Yeah, you you, you know. (laughs) Find out companies that you're kind of interested in and then go to lunch with them and say, I'm not looking for a job interview. I'm not looking for a job. I want to learn about what you do. Right. So that's a, that's a quick thing I would say is, is do that. I would Some universities be... also do that. If yeah. you're still tied in with your alma mater, you can have their job or what's it called, graduate program, something mm-hmm. rather, where they help you identify your life's yeah. passion. Yeah. My kids just went through it. One of the things you said is you don't have a lot of experience in some of the areas that you're interested. Um, that's okay to do that, but you might want to face the realization that in some instances you might have to take a lesser job mm-hmm. to begin in order yeah. to get to the level because they need the experience. <laughs> in, in other words, it's a, it's a learn-as-you-go kind of job. And it might take you a couple of years to attain it, but it's always attainable. I'm definitely open to that. Because the job I'm at now started as a cook, making $9 an hour, and mm-hmm. I'm assistant director there now. But that's the, I've kind of maxed out at that yeah, company. Sure. And, mm-hmm. and so, mm-hmm. But there's a ton of restaurant companies oh, here in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've done IT directors for like four of the companies here. But there's like there's probably thirty restaurant companies. There's yeah. several of them that just moved here, don't even have any restaurants here, but they just thought, hey, this was a good place to have our corporate headquarters. So I could probably give you ten names, and you could just go in and just you know, and a lot of their IT, you know, doing support, just supporting the POS system is a guy that used to work there, and you might could you know kind of start with that. And your wife could work part time for a few years. My wife, uh, for our first two kids, worked part time two days a week. Until our third one was born, and then she's been home since then. Yeah, but you know, yeah. So you know, there's ways you can kind of work. That. Yeah, there's no kind of because your wife has a career; she can go anywhere and yeah, find anything right. she wants with that career. Yeah. Right? There's unlimited Sounds flexibility. Like to me that um, you appreciate detail and also operations, and you're real personable. Uh-huh. So I would begin to focus in on how you've been made and try to then narrow what environment 
Yeah. I don't think an office environment would be like great for you in the yeah. sense of like if you're sitting behind a computer or you're in a box office or even a cubicle, I think you would feel frustrated or worn out, like kind of emotional, uh, mentally exhausted by that. Um, and it sounds like you're just a real coordinator kind of person, organizer kind of person, because you've got to know IT, you've got to know detail for these type of reports that go back and forth, the corporate or this mm-hmm. or that. I mean, it sounds like you really have a fantastic yeah, resume. Um, yeah. personal resume, yeah. human resume. Yeah. So I would focus in on, Lord, you know, you've made me to do this. What what companies need that? And, it, yeah, the the it would be to narrow the search. There's still a lot, but, yeah, you could narrow your your field down, you know, I, I think I wouldn't see you in an IT position. I think you go nuts looking at, at data all day. But I think that your appreciation for detail and operation is, is enormous for even project management. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, we, new clients to us is project management because of, like, the all the IT, the detail, the blah, blah, blah. But they also have to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather look at data than talk to people all day, you know. So, you know, a person okay. like yourself is would be enormous because I could say, here, go talk to them. You know, like, so project management sounds like a fantastic mm-hmm. role for but you. Let me tell you about a real quick exercise you can do. This is something any of you that's like this. So this is what I had to do one time. I was been praying. I had my own company. And I was praying about shutting it down. And I was doing some informational interviews. Well, before I did that, I drew a circle, okay? So one of them was creative, okay? And one of them was sales, okay? So, I got that right? Sales, I'll write it upside down. So, and uh, let's see here. One of them was, uh, I guess, media and marketing, right? So there's the, the M. So for me at that point, God showed me that that intersection of those circles, okay, was an ad agency. <laughs> okay, so draw your circles. Are you, do you have an interest in, in food industry? Are you foodie, right? That's one circle. Then uh, if there's IT, you know, that, so draw the circles and then... You got sales too. So. With, yeah, yeah. And, and then with your board... That Eric talked about, right? Say, what is that intersection? What do you think? So, Eric, what do you think? You know, Gerald, what do you think? Kathy, Kathy, what do you what do you think? Yeah, totally. Where is this? So, draw as many circles as of, of your areas of interest because there's this is the uh, so you've got passion and talent. Two streets intersect. And if you're praying, asking for God to show you that intersection. Everybody, you know, the optimal thing here is to live at the intersection of Passion Passion Street and Talent Avenue. Right? Some of us have to live a couple blocks off. So every every now, you know, if we're listening to what God wants, right, right, and listening and following His peace... Then he's going to put us. In. I, I get to do something now that is a true convergence mm-hmm. of all my areas of interest. Me too. Yeah. yeah okay. Too. It's amazing to me that I get to do that. Now, is it hard? Do I work with a lot of companies that, frankly, don't know what I do? <laughs> Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I spend a lot of time teaching recruiters <clears throat> what I do, but knowing yourself, right, Kathy? Mm-hmm. That knowing yourself. 
and knowing what you're good at, knowing passion is what? How do you define passion? A deep interest in but what you love. You what do you it love. if no one paid you. Yeah. Yeah. Do it for free. Okay? You do it, you just you would just do it. Why do I do this? I love it. I love helping people. It's a ministry of encouragement. Yeah. Okay? Talented. It's what you came out of the womb hard to do. Okay? You can do it with both hands tied behind your back just to make it fair. Right? Passion and talent. That's and as you pray, as you're praying, this is the thing that most job searches, training, even sometimes Christ-focused, they don't teach people to be praying about where it is that God wants me to be, Kathy. I think what you said earlier was just so dead on. Yeah, you know, listening and asking God, Andreas. You know, you don't want to be in leadership. But God has you there for such a time mm-hmm. as this. That's correct. Right? Mm-hmm. You think Esther wanted to go in before the king? Mm-hmm. No way. She knew it could mean her life. But she was there. Mm-hmm. So, but pray about that intersection mm-hmm. and draw some circles. That's good. And start, it was very effective for me. I went and had an information interview and I said, uh, it was a, he was a chief marketing officer for an ad agency, a medium-sized ad agency. And I'm like, am I barking? And I remember him asking, am I just barking up the wrong tree? He said, no. He said, you're dead on. I said, I just don't have a place for you. I'm like, that's all I need. I just, you know, you, 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 I just needed to know that. It was it was um, a confirmation of what I was looking for at that time and where I felt like God, and God was leading me. So, um, so that's the kind of things that some of the exercises that you can do, and if you need help doing that, um, we can try to help you know work through that with you. Um, we need to kind of bring this in for landing. Um, so I'm gonna if there's if you've got a question, you've got a question, okay? Um, anybody that we've not heard from back there in the back, <laughs> you have anything that's burning that you'd like to ask? You sure? Okay, so. Who wants to go? Well, at one, two more questions, and we need to bring this in for landing because Eric's got to go back and make sure that the vision is not yeah, down My other house. son is watching, and I, I, I'm going to have to leave shortly. Yeah. But hey, just FYI, I have cards here. Okay. So if anybody wants to send me a list of questions, there's a ton of things I'd love to say. I, there's a, I have some uh, interview tips I will send to anybody that wants it, and some other stuff. make a comment what Kathy said because this crystallizes it for me I had a dream and in the dream um, the Lord had given me one page of script for a movie Mm -hmm. what he was asking me to do was just memorize those lines and do it he had all the rest of it planned Mm -hmm. all the rest of it in production but I was an impetus to get that Mm -hmm going. And, and that, I believe, was him mm-hmm. showing. Yep. You know, don't worry so much mm-hmm. about everything else. Right. This is your mm-hmm. Good advice. Watch your dreams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it a seek ye first, seek first? And I got it covered. Mm-hmm. You can paraphrase it. I got this covered. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> Andreas? So real quick, uh, industry-wise, mm-hmm. So we have healthcare, medical, yeah. automotive, 
you basically see the whole, the whole the shebang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where is it going? Where is the action? Um, in I the know oil and gas ain't it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It isn't, it isn't. It's it, dropped back down again. I, I know with the healthcare industry, it is rapidly changing. Right now, it is, it is uh, going to, the government is trying to go into the, what they call uh, birth to death or birth to more mortality care. Um, now, I don't think ultimately, because that's just basically socialized medicine, and they want to assign, you know, Dr. Wilkerson to Bruce from the time he's born to the time he dies, and, you know, all this won't work, but it will take several years for this to process itself out. Um, the Everything electronic, everything highly, highly... Um, proprietary like our uh, we're at a point in our company we're going to have to write have someone write our own software because there is a thousand different softwares and we have to we have one rule with very specific rules basically we have to follow to get a claim paid and none of those software people are written by claim insurance people so they're written by it people that that we fight the it all day long and so anyway so it's uh it is going in a very, very distinct internet technology, software-based, uh, total coverage, managed care world. Um, so we we are we are in a very rapidly changing market. If you want to get into the healthcare industry, it would be in administration. It would be in management um, of these large groups of, of providers and. Um, also, you know, the frankly, healthcare management is growing so fast. I'm, I can't even handle it. I'm pushing it back um, because nobody knows how to do what we do. It, like in your world, this it's so specific and so detailed. And so, if you wanted to get in healthcare industry, I would probably aim for management, project basis, administrative assistance uh, to to. For uh, accountable care organizations, ACO or IPAs, independent physicians associations, they're being created now by the droves, and they they're they're lacking leadership. You know, so uh, that's where we see as far as the healthcare industry, big or large, hospital down to Joe Blow, solo doc. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Where I work is all IT, everything from expense reports to invoices, to phones, mm-hmm. even, I mean, now phones will dial the number for you. The Cisco program Internet. is just... Internet-based. Exactly. Everything is technology. If you can do your best to stay in that world um, and updated with what's going on, um, you'll have a better chance to get in the door somewhere because... They need people. They need IT people, and they need them desperately. So but it's a changing IT world. IT people with people skills. Yes. Oh, that's yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Or, or maybe, <laughs> but if they're more behind the scenes, not even that. People right. skills are well, what there, there's, there's a demand for both sides. Exactly. But, you know, you've got people who would rather just deal with spreadsheets and right. obviously coding. Mm-hmm. But if you can... Interface with people. What's created a demand for what I do is that companies have finally realized, oh, we have to find out what users want to make our software That's successful. Right. Yeah. That's right. What a concept. <laughs> yeah. So it's created a real demand there. 
But I have to be able to speak the language of the business. I have to be able to speak the language of IT. I have to be able to speak the language of creative. And at the same time, advocate for users. That's people. Those are soft skills. The soft skills, I think, will set you apart. Because, number one, Gerald, you'll, look, you'll be able to look at someone in the eyes during the interview process. And that will tell somebody, an interviewer, can this person deal with people? Because that's, so the combination of both the technology and the people. You know, if you're comfortable, if what you, if you know that you are a technology person and that you don't want that people contact, that's okay too, right? Because you know who you are. And you know what you want to do. Three words that a, a lady that was the Mother of roommate's fiance told me this a long time ago. Focus precedes success. If you're focused on what you what you do and who you are, then you'll be able to, you know, when that friend calls you with a, a network marketing opportunity. You know, or whatever. Something that's going to distract you away from your mission. Then you'll be, you'll be able to say, be able to listen to that small, still voice and be able to say, no, this is what I'm supposed to do. So, um, anyway, uh, any other parting comments or no, he's questions? He's got some more questions. Did you want to address this? You need to go. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of need to go. But, uh, How about we eat real late? We yeah, 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 we can grab coffee. Right, I mean, we'll grab a coffee and we'll Yeah, I mean, I, there's... I still owe you a coffee. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> I have... Uh, tons of stuff is offshoring. I know y'all see that in my world. It, it, it amazes me every day. I, I interviewed four people last week. And all of them talked about how their job was offshore. Mm-hmm. And it really is just kind of one of those. And so the reality is there's still a ton of work to do, but it's the people skills. That's it's right. the management of that. Yep. It's, it's kind of like all the back office stuff is now going over there. Yeah. So that means I've got to do the, the front end be, stuff. The work, the work be be. stuff is being sent offshore. Yeah. 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 People skills that can interface yes. with those with the client yeah. and with those people. That's what, that's what that's what we're Yeah, doing. so you just gotta engage and, and do what needs to be done. But yeah, anybody my card here, I'd love to talk to anybody. I gotta go. Yeah, Lunch has gotta be ready and my wife is calling and Caleb's calling. <laughs> Thank you. As long as it's not about the fire department showing up at your house. Stephanie's out at dawn. Speak to automotive, we're exploding and we have jobs everywhere. Around the world, you name it, it's available. Just go to our website and we're just one company. But General Motors is doing so well, it's unbelievable. We can't keep up with the opportunities, and the profits are unreal. Mm-hmm. So whatever your niche is, General Motors has a position for you if you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they do. That's awesome. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. All right. So going back to automotive. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, right now, it's on a big curve. Mm-hmm. So just check the numbers on sales and what's going on. Deal. I take the Hamtrak division and I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do, um, and y'all are welcome to stay, or, or if y'all need to peel out, that's fine. What we're going to do is we're going to take a 10-minute break. Okay, and then come back in, and we'll get started with the resume resume seminar, and we'll cover a lot of the stuff you heard you've heard of today about nuts and bolts mechanics of what to do to make sure that you can show the employer that you're their solution. Yeah.
Yes, ma'am. Do we need a resume? Um, not this very moment, but you'll you need to be able to review it and and be able to make notes on your resume. Um, you know, so. Okay, I'll have to go home and get it. No, you don't have to have it. Oh, okay. Yeah. But okay, you need to be able to take notes, and and we've got a. Did you get one of these? Uh, mm -hmm. Thank you. Did everybody get one? Okay. Um, this is stuff that I've collected. This is something I've uh, some stuff I've written, and uh, and so that's I want. You need to take these today. This is for you. Okay, Jonathan. God bless him. <laughs> he did an awesome job on this. Yeah. I I eat all of all this stuff. I didn't even design this. He did this. That's Jonathan. So That's very grateful mm -hmm. for the for the help that we've gotten here. So. So take a break. Uh, what time is it now? Unless you can't. Right. I'm glad I'm not in your, your shoes. But oh, you can't take you just... I put it on pause. Oh, you did. Here, Here we go. go. So uh, we've heard about from employers and people who are involved in helping employers hire people. We've heard about them and what they have to say. Um, so now we're going to talk about kind of nuts and bolts. How... Um, you, was it you, Andreas, that asked how do you get the interview? Correct. Okay. So, um, so what that what that's going to look like, and how do we how do we get into a um, a situation where uh, employers she, open their arms wide out and say, "Please, yeah, I want you desperately." Yeah, I gotta. <laughs> gotta have you. Gotta have you. Don't leave me. So, part of this, part of it that, that we've already uh, already kind of covered or, or alluded to it, but I, um, I originally developed a, a seminar called Networking and Job Searches back in 2008, 2009 timeframe. Uh, and if there's an interest, we can do that um, that seminar at some point in the near future. Um, but it it deals with the whole universe constellation of what does networking mean. And the very first time I ever did this this seminar, I realized that there are a lot of people in the audience that didn't have a clue or were terrified of the whole concept of networking. So I went back and added, are you an introvert or an extrovert? Helping someone understand are they an introvert, or extrovert, and how to network based on that based based on that understanding. So, so um, I can, I'll, and you can have this. This is a handout, um, and you can take it with you. And today, if you want to talk about that, has everybody got their binder? Okay. All right. So, all right. So we got a. Let's see. Where are we here? I'm trying to see how I can get this thing to advance. Let's see. There we go. I'm hitting the wrong button. That really, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so as, as, I, as I call it, this is not your father's resume. And it's something that um, I've, been, I've been working on for a long time, as I alluded to. Um, so we're going to talk, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. Uh, I'm going to ask you why you're here today. Uh, the whole question of what has become of resumes. What in the world has happened to resumes? Um, this is not your father's resume section. And resumes in the digital world. And, oh goodness gracious. This is what happens when you finish up at 2 a.m. 
Uh, your resume, not business as usual. Okay, so y'all heard a little bit about me already, but I've, uh, I've personally, I've been here at Grace for this January will be about 19 years. I uh, came here never intending to plant. I was coming from a back, real sick, dysfunctional church background, and but um, I've been in the in the Metroplex now. I'm going to change that for uh, for 32 years. Came out of Ghost Seminary, and, and God led me back into the business world. Um, uh, Gazelle and I be, this February will be married for 18 years. We've got a I've got a I've got a son from previous relationships, so he'll be 20 in March. One will be 16 at the end of December. This we're in December. Goodness, we are. I'm going to have a 16-year-old. Ah! 14-year-olds turned in October, and 11-year-old just turned 11 last Sunday. Uh, only baby, only girl in the bunch at the very end, little pink caboose. Uh, so I've said I've been here. Uh, our two young children are very, very ADD, very, very, very ADHD. So we've got some specific needs. Um, oh, you know what? Hang on. Let's see if I can get back. There we go. I've been uh, volunteering with Cornerstone for quite a while. If y'all know what Cornerstone is, anybody know what Cornerstone is? It's our college ministry, college and international ministry that's on campus. It's an 85-year-old home. It's beautiful. Um, I'm really passionate about teaching others about networking and job searches and how to help them. And you'll understand why in a second. Uh, and I've been coaching for, uh, uh, for resumes since 2009. Professionally, um, about 31-plus years in sales, marketing, and advertising and now software development. 9-11 wiped me out, as I said. Just zeroed me out. I went through a 20-month job search, went through another 11-month job search. I've really been forced to reinvent myself. That's easy for you to say. Reinvent myself several times. So, um, which has led me into very, you know, advanced learning, making it my business to learn about resumes and job searches. Um, and I've also got a history of finding work through networking. Um, so that's something that uh, that I, Scripture says that we encourage those, we comfort those with the comfort that we received. So there's a reason why I've gone through what I've gone through. And I'm here today because of that. So God can use even those deep, dark valleys... Because all the fertile fertile soil washes down into the valley, right off the valley. <laughs> so if, if we all lived on the mountaintop, it'd be, it, it's rocky there sometimes. So uh, <clears throat> spiritually, um, I believe that people are precious to God, and that there's nothing more important to Him than to show practical love. Uh, I've always enjoyed sharing my contacts, and uh, I'm an encourager by by spiritual gifting, and. Uh, it really drives my purpose. And I've been saved from a life of sin and trying to do it my own way and not God's way. So uh, there's message of hope uh, that he could, if, if, if someone will employ me with my job history, <laughs> it's a piece of cake. It's God. It's God, not me. <laughs> so um, let's see here. All right. Why are you here today? So... Um, How long has it been since you've been asked to create a resume? Has it been a long time? Has it been first time? Or somewhere in between? Okay. Um, so, you'll notice in the, in the binder that my, part of my resume is in there. 
Um, my resume is a tree killer. <laughs> it's 13 to 14 pages long. Okay? I violate all the conventions. People's, but I get a huge amount of calls and inquiries from recruiters. Okay? So we're going to get into why. That's why it's working for me. Um, let's see here. So let's talk about this. What are you doing? Here's your, here's your turn. What are you doing that's working for you right now? What are you doing? What's, what's, what's uh, I mean, in terms of in your job search and job search activities, what's working for you? I throw stuff if you don't answer me, by mm-hmm. the way. I'm a former trainer, so I will actually throw stuff at you. <laughs> I used, to be a first, I used to be a first aid, instru- first aid and CPR instructor. I used to blue collar and white collar instruction. And I'd be sitting around a you know, board table or whatever. And people would say, and I'd take the, the rubber mask and I'd actually throw it at people. You know, after that, they, I didn't have a problem answering. <laughs> people answered me. You go ahead, Andreas. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, say, mm. I gonna go? No, never mind. <laughs> so, um, I found LinkedIn very helpful. Okay. I uh, find it... I, Got away from Indeed and okay. all the other job boards very quickly. Okay. Um, so that's what I'm doing right now, and I'm trying to network. I mean, person-to-person mm-hmm. network. Okay. That's what I'm trying to step. All right. That's that's one. Anything else? What's working for you? This is really hard. I just want to warn you. I don't know how long it'll take you to get that. <laughs> Wait for it. Wait for it. All right. What's working for you? Okay. All right. So what's not working for you? Let me see if I can do this here. So if you're not sure about what's working for you, what's not working for you? Don't make me throw this. Applying to jobs. Applying online. online. Okay. There you go. Applying online. Anything else? What's that? My resume is not working. Okay. Your resume is not working. I'm in... I know... I don't know where that resume goes. Probably into delete. Okay. Anything else not working for you? Anything working for you or not working for you? So let's do this. Let's talk about what our background is. We know your kind of project management, oil and gas kind of thing, background, and automotive. What's your What's your background? ESL. ESL. Very cool. My wife taught for a couple of years in the ESL program here. Now, are you actually teaching in school? No. I was overseas for three years. Oh, oh wow. I just came back and... Wow. Where were you overseas at? Oh, Indonesia. And where? Indonesia. Indonesia, wow, okay. Yourself? Um, I said kind of a lot of stuff, but most recently um, it's an industrial kitchen, managing an industrial kitchen. Okay, all right. Um, you said you're from an IT kind of operations. You said network, op- network ops? Yep. Okay. Um, Customer service and insurance. Awesome, okay. Um, my background has been came. I was a trained television producer in college. My degrees in television production. Um, then I went into sales um, back in the mid mid eighties. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, God just very clearly led me into sales. Um, and then I got interested in marketing by watching it not being done as a salesman. So. Uh, which then eventually led me into advertising, which then eventually led me into the digital world uh, because it became a lot of advertising started to go online. 
which led me into project management for uh, for websites, and eventually <clears throat> realized that that you know somewhere along the lines I've done copywriting, I've done account management, you know all this stuff. So everything I do now, actually, with making software friendly, everything I've done before, it all converges on that. So it's really interesting for me how that's that's been my background. <clears throat> all right, so. What in the world has become resumes, right? You've been out of the country right. as an expat for a while, as a missionary, right? Kind of. <laughs> yeah? Um, so if you're, some of you, when's, who's gotten the longest since they've written a resume? 20 years. 20 years since you've written a resume. Right. Yep. You've had some three, three years since you've written a resume? Okay. Anybody else been a long time since they've written a resume? Okay. So that's, that's a good, that's, that's a long time. And the ball game obviously has completely changed. <clears throat> All right. So using job boards to recruit, and I've been in a situation before, is truly like taking a sip from an open fire hydrant. Because I got resumes from South America, Europe. <laughs> it was crazy. And I didn't, I, you know, now the very first thing a recruiter will ask is, are you a U.S. citizen or an H-1B? Which is a you know has visa, visa status, right? Um, so as a job seeker, I've sent in hundreds. You know, during that time after nine eleven, where I went to a job search, I, hundreds, not thousands of resumes, black hole, <laughs> total black hole, right? So they submit their resumes online with you just don't like you said, it just where do they go? You know, they go into a database. That's where they go. So, how do I penetrate the bureaucracy? How do I do that? How do and get through this whole obstacle course called HR with all their hoops and everything like that? Um, So, you've got to utilize your network in a job search, and you've got to request informational interviews. So, everybody kind of get. Get that, what we've talked about, information interviews. You go to somebody, you say, through a friend or through a friend of a friend, and say, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you for a job. I want to learn about what, you, what this kind of role is. I think I might be interested in it, but I need to find out about it. Right? And I, I, I need 15 to 20 minutes. If you need, and I'll set a timer if you need me to. <laughs> but I just want, you know, I want a brief period of, period of time. And you better have your questions ready. Okay? Uh, resume submission, obviously. Formal interviews. <clears throat> asking for contact with targeted companies. Eric talked about that, making up your list of targeted companies. Right? Um, triangulation. Ah, that word that I talked about earlier, right? <clears throat> so, um, what is triangulation? All right, so there's me. Uh, I found out that there is a, a, a job out here in the left-hand side of that that, uh, that triangle. I find an employee or someone inside the company with a job. Excuse me, I'm sorry, it's opposite. The, the job's over on the right-hand side. I get a, I find somebody somewhere, somehow, that knows somebody here. <laughs> okay? But I don't send a resume there. I do this, okay? I send a resume from that per- to that person. Excuse me, I've got it reversed around again. 
I sent it first to the person inside the company or the contact was inside the company, and then I get them to send it to the company. So it comes as a referral. Okay? Why? All right. So what is it that uh, that makes uh, triangulation work so well? Okay. Uh, bonus. Companies actually pay their employees for referrals and give them special special uh, treatment. All right. So you got reduces the recruiting costs. They actually get you know high priority. It bypasses that old HR filters thing. And if you know, obviously, we've got to pray in this situation because it's not about me, my, I. It's not my, not my, my contacts. It's not about my network. It's not about my experience. Not about, it's not about me. And God had to take me through an 11-month job search to teach me that. Five, count them, one, two, three, four, five times, I call them near misses, people said to me, you're the guy we want to hire during that year. Five times the door closed. After the fourth time, I finally got the message. Oh, this is not about a job anymore. This is about me spiritually trusting God, not depending on my depending on my own knowledge or my own abilities or my you know whatever that whole thing with Proverbs three five and six. It, it's true. God doesn't want us to depend on her, and He will knock the knock our pins out from underneath us if we if we become depending on our own self. So, um, it also gives you an internal champion that has a vested interest in seeing you hire. Who, in a best case scenario, takes your resume literally and, and sits it on the desk of the hiring manager. Um, and will follow up internally as well too. Okay. <clears throat> True story. It works. <laughs> Okay, my job was being downsized. I was with a company that did outsource. We had some people in India. I was an account manager, an engagement manager, so I think was my term. Um, I got a reference from a boss. I did a job through Monster back when I used Monster. <laughs> um, LinkedIn research produced the, the general manager's name. I went, oh, yeah, he used to work with my boss. I remember my boss telling me, I used, I work, we need to call this guy. All right, so I remembered that. So I sent an email uh, to the GM uh, with my boss, his name, working with Tony Cox in the subject line. That could, I could literally teach an entire seminar on subject lines of resume, yep. subject line of, of emails. It's, it's an art. <laughs> it's a real art. But I sent an introductory email to the GM that said, working with Tony Cox, a day and a half later. I didn't get an email back from him. I got a email back from my future boss. Three weeks later, went through two or three interviews, I was on the job. Triangulation works. That's triangulation. In other words, I found a job over here, okay, instead of just sending, instead of submitting online, I found a contact out here, which happened to be internal to the company, but sent my resume to him, boom, he sends it to the hiring manager, that's triangulation. You see that? How that works? You're not sure about this. Yeah, I see. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if you had a question or not, and you're kind of rolling around in your mind. So, anybody any questions at this point about that? Okay. So that's triangulation. All right. That's a very powerful tool, but you've got a network, obviously, to do that. 
and that that's something that we'll have to you know have to cover in a lot more depth the whole thing about that. So social media, <coughs> uh, <laughs> it's not about just your paper resume anymore. Okay, so people want to you know they, they use social media, they use they search Facebook, LinkedIn, My, you know MySpace. Eh, it's kind of marginal, but it's still out there. Uh, the CareerBuilder.com survey. Okay, this was actually. Um, I quoted that originally, but I went back and did research last night. 43% of employers who use social networking sites to research job candidates, it's up from 39% 2013 and 36% 2012. Additionally, 12% of employers don't currently research candidates, but they plan on starting. This is conducted in 2014. Okay, so you've heard of... You've heard of racial profiling, right? The whole thing of, you know, in the TSA, they do profiling of people. Well, people are actually being social media profiled now by employers. <coughs> right? So, more employers are turning to social media sites. Now, this is an interesting statistic here. This is, we're talking about your digital footprint at this point. Okay? Does everybody kind of grasp what I'm talking about here when I say digital footprint? 51% of employers who research, okay, in other words, not all of them do that, but that's 51% of the ones that do do this, said they found content that caused them to reject the candidate. That's up from 43% in 2013, up from 34% in 2012. True story. I'm interviewing for a job in 2007. The guy tells me he spends two hours with the Lord every morning. This guy's like an awesome you know, spiritually got. So he told me, outright told me, we were interviewing a young lady one time, straight, and it was not that. He went out online. She had a lot of very questionable stuff. Now, this is not an issue with this group. I don't think it will be. But you need to understand how much weight your social media profile. And if you don't have a social media profile, that can create almost as big a question mark too. Negative versus none. It, it, it still can impact you. <clears throat> All right. Any questions there about that? Okay. So I'm going to plow through a lot of this stuff because this is good foundational stuff that y'all need to know going into going into the new world of, of resumes in the digital world. This is this is not business as usual. Not so at you all. Say yes, ma'am. That LinkedIn is the most important. Yes, ma'am. Uh, LinkedIn. I've been using LinkedIn since 2004. I was a fairly early adopter with that. Um, now, when in the in the early days, recruiters never used LinkedIn. Now, every day, uh, and I'm not kidding, I get requests from recruiters every day, email, phone calls, whatever. So mostly emails because I don't think I put my phone number. I don't think I made my phone number public. I can't remember. But <clears throat> did you have another question? Oh. Well, my other question is, I know that sometimes they want to see your Facebook stuff. Yeah, is that just ordinary? I keep my professional sept- I keep I only have a few professional contacts in Facebook. I'm very conservative. I make Attila the Hun look liberal. Okay? About you know, around faith and family values and stuff like that. You know. I keep my Facebook pretty much I, someone says, Oh, I want to connect me in Facebook. I'm like, No, you don't. <laughs> and I actually give I actually give business in business contacts an opt out. <laughs> I'm like, you don't really because no 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 I want to. You know, okay, fine. But I actually warn them. <laughs> I actually warn them. I'm very conservative. You know, not 
you know, yeah. I'm just. So I keep that kind of separate. Okay. Not everybody does. I do, um, because you know, I need, you just need, we need to be wise about that as Christians. I mean, I'm very so, uh, socially media active in promoting faith and family values issues and stuff like that. And and I work in the advertising marketing field, and there are a lot of very left leaning people. Left leaning is probably being nice. <clears throat> All right, did that answer your question? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so let's say we have a Facebook account. Uh-huh. I put on the, the highest privacy. Yes. Can employers search the stuff in that? Uh, no, but I, what I'd say is don't depend on Facebook for professional stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean. I'm just wondering if like... Your LinkedIn? For example, make sure your LinkedIn profile... My, my Facebook is against me. If or that's if the only social media profile that you have, uh-huh. if that's the only... If your social media digital footprint mm-hmm. is only Facebook and you've got heavy, high privacy settings, mm-hmm. it could. It, it could. You need to... You definitely need to set up a profile in right. LinkedIn. I'll provide my email. I've got... I don't, Probably 1,500, 2,000 people uh, are literally across the globe that I'm connected with. <clears throat> because I, I practice the mantra network or no work, right? It's all in God's hands. But you know what? I want to be wise about, about that. And, and, you know, wise as serpents, gentle as dove, right? But, yeah, you need to have a digital footprint that's in the professional side of things. I would, I would say that, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, you got to have that. How long have you been on LinkedIn, Andreas? Trick question. Don't, don't know for quite okay. some time. Right. Anybody, um, anybody not on LinkedIn? But I'm assuming you're not. Okay. You're not? I'm just kind suspicious. I mean, I don't like social networking sites. I don't access your information. Right. Well, I mean, it's not really a social, it's, it's a professional. Right. It's professional networking, so it's not about you don't put in a whole lot of personal information. You can control the amount of personal information you put in there. So, from a professional perspective, yeah, I, I would say pretty much it's not optional. <laughs> I would go as far as to say that. So, because uh, uh, it's not just what you'll do; it's what you'll get out of this world too. So. Bingo. And if I might add to that, focus only on your business stuff. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is I separate all your personal thing out. Facebook is my personal stuff. LinkedIn, I write articles. You know, I I I I do stuff that you know beyond just beyond just get connected to people. I actually write stuff, and I'm published on LinkedIn as well too. That gets my 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 profile on as well. Yeah. I'll do it. Figure out later. So, all right. So. Totally radical. I mean, online resumes and recruiting have radically changed job searches as much as online world has changed advertising and purchasing, right? They're very, very uh, uh, parallel. In terms, there's a lot of parallels there of how much it's changed, right? So um, the point is the faster you adapt, the quicker you get a job or the quicker you make a job change. You've got to be able to adapt to this. And that, that includes the digital footprint thing. So, <clears throat> All right. How do you make it separate you from the crowd? 
Alright, so the purpose of your resume. Can anybody tell me what they think the purpose of a resume is? Get you an interview. Anybody else? Anybody agree with that? Disagree with it? Sell yourself. Okay. Anything else? <clears throat> Resumes are to do one thing only. They are to get you the interview. Alright? So I after coming back after 9-11, I worked for a sales outsourcing company. My job, uh, my first, see, my first job was I was selling software, and then I worked on a project where I was actually setting appointments for other outside salespeople. My job was not to sell the, the product or the company. My job was to sell the interview, or the sell the appointment. I was very successful at it because, like, you get it, right? My job is to not. My job is just to get that person. Give them enough information to get my guy in the door, right? So that's the that's the the, the business uh, parallel there. So, <clears throat> all right, and it's all about marketing you. You are the product. Your brochure is your resume. Some people, that's a really big paradigm change, okay? But that's how job searches have changed, and you'll understand as we get into a little bit more, okay? It has to effectively sell you. That's right. I said it has to effectively sell you. Okay? <clears throat> right. So, um, it has to begin selling you as, for the, as a product from page one. It's got to decisively answer the big question for the hiring manager. You know what that question is? Anybody take a guess? What can you do for me? Oh, what can you do for me? Whiff them. You know what it stands for? What's in it? <laughs> so, my very first sales manager, this, this comes back to like the like mid-80s. My very first, well, it was, it was one of the sales managers of this, this company I went to work for that said they weren't going to hire me, or I found out later the general manager said they weren't going to hire me. They were a parent company and sister company, or in a, in a child company. And um, anyway, the guy who was the sales manager for the, the parent company, he said, with them, you got to imagine tattooed on someone's forehead, with them. Because they want to know, what can you do for me? What, how can you solve it? What, so what, what can you do? All right, so from a what I call, the reason that I, I am not afraid of... Um, when you say violating resume rules and paradigms, it's because I apply a marketing approach to this, okay? And it's got to sell. You're the you're the the, the product, and your resume is a brochure, okay? Why do you buy product A versus product B? Right, if you have brochures sitting side by side, because product B, if you buy product B, more than likely they've done a, be- they've done a better job of explaining how it can solve the pro- whatever your problem is. Hair, okay, I need I need softer hair, right? So it explains whatever science or you know whatever witchcraft goes into into making hair softer. All right, so one page resume, forget about it. As they say in New York, right? So the length of resume doesn't matter. 
as long as it effectively sells you. And early. Okay? As I say, this is your brochure. You've got to make, you're going to hear me. That's my mantra. Okay? It's got to sell you. Okay? So, possibly the biggest single reason that you'll get called for an interview is something called a value proposition. Okay? So, open up your binder for a second. To the, uh, uh, find my resume and the binder. I don't remember what page it is, but... Um, Oops, that's your binder. <laughs> so, do you, do you find where my resume is? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, look at the very. No, uh, no keep going. Keep going. Well, no, but I'm, I actually want to show you what that back here, right here in my resume. It's, I don't know if it's where it is, but you'll find the very first page. Where it? Okay. What's that page? What? Five. Okay. Your value proposition. Do you see how much room I take with my value proposition? It's on the very first page of my resume. It says, "What does it say?" It's right, right underneath the senior UX designer. Okay. This is the reason why I get a lot of calls because I clearly define the playing field and what I do within the playing field. So. It's not the only reason, and you'll see, you'll see in a few minutes why. But I take up a lot of space, basically about a half page almost, with my value proposition. Now, in all, it's full, full disclosure, it's taken me, a, it took me a while. I've had this, I've been working with this, some permutation of value proposition for three or four years now. But I'm built 56 in January, so it's taken me a long time to get the point. Because no one told me early on, you need to do this. You need to clearly define what your value is to the organization, to the hiring manager. How can you solve their problem? Come up, you know, be be a. Uh, how can you create a success story like we talked about earlier? Okay, <clears throat> so it takes time, it takes energy, but invest the time to make a value proposition. And I've given you lots of resources, and I will tell you how to find other resources to do that in this in this binder. But it is worth your time to do this. If you want an effective resume, it's worth the time. All right. So, any questions at this point? So, this be your summary section, right? Okay. I, I tell people get out of the mindset of a summary because it's just what you've done. You don't need to talk about what you've done, just just what you've done, but what is your value? The so va- this is how you open up the resumes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's what I tell people. Get it, so here we go. So old school is a je- objective. Yeah, that's good. Okay, and it says to an employer, "What can you do for me? I want to find a job with a certain such and such and such and such that could do this." Blah, 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 blah. It says to them, "What can you do for me, Mister Employer?" This is employer. Okay. <clears throat> New world is a value proposition. Now I don't label it as a value proposition, right? You don't have to. You don't say value proposition, but that's what it is. Okay. So the, the value proposition says, to the employer, this is what I can do for you. Does that make sense? Does that resonate with everybody? Okay. <clears throat> so my question is. 
who would you rather want? Who would you rather hire? <laughs> You're sitting. Have any of y'all ever been involved in interviewing people before? Okay. All right. Been actually been an interviewer, not an interviewee. Who would you rather hire? Right. Would you rather hire somebody <laughs> who says, "What can you do for me?" or "This is what I can do for you"? That's a that's a no brainer, right? No so why don't people do that? Because they've been taught to put objectives. And people who are teaching people how to do resumes don't live in the real world. <laughs> they really don't. It's it's. Yeah, I, I'm, I can get up on my soapbox about that, but I'll try not to. They don't. Li- they don't do it. So I'm applying sales and marketing principles to resume development. There's a thing called USP: Unique Selling Proposition. Your value proposition is your, it's defining what is unique about you and why it is they should buy. Okay? <clears throat> so, yes, this is sales language. Okay? And I used to facilitate a mar- marketing communication networking group. People who are used to writing and developing sales collateral, marketing collateral. Okay? They had a hard time grasping this, these kind of concepts. It's real funny. They're the cobbler, it's the cobbler's children. Right? They're the one, last ones get shoes. They know how to market anybody else, but they don't know how to market themselves. Even marketing people have a hard time with this. So if you're struggling with this concept, you're, you're with people who, you know, do very high-level marketing stuff, but they don't know how to market themselves because they, they think that it's bragging. And they don't want to, you know. So what we're doing is we're wanting to put your best foot forward. We're not wanting to lie but we're wanting to, to put you in the best light. <clears throat> so it's, there's a thing called differentiation. How, do you, how are you different from the rest of the field? Okay? So your, res- and your value proposition has got to differentiate you from the market, from the rest of the field, okay? from the crowd. All right, so unique value is even beyond your work experience and, and accomplishments. <clears throat> if, you're, if you're focused on a specific field, then you could be more narrow. Like from with my value proposition, I know that in user experience design, I know that it's a highly sought after, and I know what I've said to find the field. If you if you're doing a you know if you need a delightful experience that doesn't leave a person thinking, oh, that's 15 minutes of my life I'll never get back, right? If you want a delightful experience, here's what you've got to have. You know, for uh, for uh, application development, website, whatever. Here's what you need, and I tell them, here's what you need, and I say, I'm that someone. So you need someone who can do this. And I say, I'm a, I'm that someone. <clears throat> so, but it goes. Sometimes you need to go outside of your work accomplishments to define that. But it is the hook that draws them in and keeps them reading. It, it's the it's, it says. It says you know, hands it to their assistant and says, go call this guy, this woman. i, I got to talk to them. Okay. Uh, average time on a, on average time, first time eyes on a resume, be ready for this. So you're, I'm glad you're all sitting down. Okay. The research, um, oh, did I go past something? Let's see here. Uh, okay, here we go. All right. So why is, it time, why is it worth the time to develop? Okay, so 2012, ladders.com. If you heard, it's a professional, like, $100,000 level kind of jobs, right? All right. 
So they release research. Recruiters only spend an average of 6.25 seconds on a resume. First eyes. In other words, first scan. Now, this is significant because like Eric, Eric's a recruiter. Okay? If they don't sell you, they don't get paid. So that is a real good acid test. For, that's why this, these, these statistics are so important. 6.25 seconds, okay? Looking at uh, they, before they decide whether you're fit or not. Okay, so uh, they also showed that recruiters spend 80% of that six seconds looking at just six things. Name, current title company, previous title, previous position start and end dates, current position start and end dates. Notice dates there, Okay. Make note of that in your mind. A little flag. We'll come back to it later. Education. All right. So, but even though they spend that time looking at, they still, you know, they, they may look at six six point two five. But they, this is what they're looking for. There's actually even more information in that research. A lot of in depth. I just didn't want to, you know, bore you to death. But all it may, it may be boring. But you can guys go look at that. 2012 career builder, you know, research. Yeah. So if you can't find it, let me know. Okay, so there are four audiences for your resume. Okay? Number one, resume database. Okay? That's, if I get understand, does that resonate with why that's what it is? Okay. Two, HR clerk, low paid HR clerk. They're going to give, here, you take this stack of resumes. Here's a list of key terms and phrases, give me a short stack. <laughs> All right? That's why it's really important to understand just how little time someone can look at your resume. That's why it's got to reach out, take them by the lapel to go, you're going to call this guy. <laughs> and if you, don't, if, if you don't accomplish that on your first page, but the most critical thing is the resume database, they do a Google search basically. How do you think Career Builder, Monster, Dice, what you know, how do they make their money? What's their business model? They sell their services to let employers and recruiters pay a subscription to be able to search their database. That's how they make their money. So if you don't have keywords, terms, and stuff like that in your resume, it will never see the light of day, more than likely. I'm I'm probably gonna bet 90% and higher. Probability your resume will never make it to that stack, <laughs> the big stack. HR clerk, they're going to have it. Their job is to go through this stack and whittle it down. Level one, level two are exclusionary. Their job is to get rid of stuff, separate the wheat from the chaff. Okay, exclusionary. Levels three and four, hiring manager, they're looking, they're with them, right? What can you do for me? What's in it for me? And then four, the hiring manager's boss, the hiring manager, if he's smart, he gets his boss to buy into you too. Because if you take the hiring manager down, he wants his boss to go with him. So he want, he's vets you. It's called a vetting interview. He's already said, hey, think this guy's great, this girl's great, but I want you. And literally, that same guy who told me about the girl not being invited back, for the interview, he said, your guy I want to hire. I went into his boss, and number one and number two in the company, 
for vetting interview. Number two, the number two guy loved me. The, the, the general manager who was from a creative background, I was in a project management role at that point, I was interviewing for a project management role. The general manager was like, um, he did this on me. Not down, not up, it's kind of like, eh. That manager, that director of IT was not about to go around his boss. He was like, I'm sorry, I'm like, I get it. <laughs> I get it. And I actually helped a friend of mine, I referred a friend of mine, and he got the job. So he's like, no, no, no. I'm like, it's okay. I already knew the door was closed without him being saying that. So never be afraid to trust God, especially when you can help somebody else. <laughs> you know, I've helped this guy get jobs twice, strangely enough. Um, so the hiring manager's boss, he's going to use you to vet. He's going to use his, his manager to vet. Okay, so here's starting to get into brass talks, brass taxes. Oh, what happened here? Okay. Did I put this in here twice? Oh, please tell me I didn't do this. Okay, I left something out there. So the whole thing with keywords and phrases, uh, really critical. Okay, so that same study I just quoted, maybe the career builder study, okay? Sub- the study subjects uh, spent remaining 20% of their resume scanning time looking for keywords that match the open position, okay? But while they read keywords, according to the study, recruiters based their decisions on the six pieces of data I quoted earlier. They're looking for the key words, but they're looking for you gotta have, you gotta keep your dates in there. Okay, some people freak out. Oh, I got I got big holes, big gaps somewhere. That's me. Go ahead. How far back should you go? Ten years. Oh, okay. Ten years. I've had to edit a lot. I'm still at fourteen pages, even though I'm going back ten years. Okay, because I designed this. If you look at my resume up front. First two pages, I don't even get to my job description, so two and a half pages into my resume. Sell, 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 sell. <laughs> All right. And if you don't know how to do that, we're going to help you do that. Okay? You're going to learn that. You'll learn a lot of here today. And you just, just know that you're not going to be just shoved out the door. This is an ongoing process. We start today. We start doing that today. You're going to have to invest time and energy to do that. But you're not going to be alone here. Okay? You've got people that will also review, review your resumes besides me. Okay? So we're family. Okay? And, and it's gonna, but it will, it will require investment of time and energy on your part to do this. Because we can't I, I can't, I can't, I don't know your business. I can tell you principles, but I don't know your business. I don't know what... What, what resonates. <clears throat> okay. So, all right, so keywords is, okay, so keywords and phrases is going to be your very first, first line of defense against that resume database search. Okay, they're going to have, just like I said, they're going to hand that, that, uh, that list of, you know, keywords and terms and phrases over to that, that HR clerk, right? Well, before, it ever, before the HR clerk ever gets that, they're going to input those keywords and phrases into a database, a search database, against a database. And if your resume doesn't have those, so how do you find out what those things are, right? <clears throat> so um, they must be aligned to the specific job description. And I know people kind of get this, <laughs> this, this overwhelmed look. You've got to look at the individual job description, look at duties, 
responsibilities, and qualifications. Now, here's a little dirty little secret. Duties, they can pretty much define. Qualifications, pretty much define. Here's the, here's the dirty secret. Companies will throw the kitchen sink <laughs> into the responsibilities. And I'll talk to recover like, you want what and what and what for how much? And like, yeah. <laughs> and they, they give it up at that point. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> they know that I know now that it's unrealistic. Okay? I'm in a unique position where I know what my market value is. <laughs> I know. And when someone calls me up and goes, I really want someone to do research, blah, 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 blah. I also want someone to build the front end. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Get back to me on that. When your client actually comes up to the, to the real world. So, duties, what you're going to do today, today, and kind of stuff like that. Qualifications, you've got to have education, you know, whatever those qualifications are. If you've got 75% or better of duties, responsibilities, and qualifications, you've got a pretty good shot. Okay? Responsibilities, they will just put, they want that, I mean, they want a person showing up with an S on their chest. <laughs> That's what responsibilities, you'll see that a lot of times. They want them with wearing a red cape oh, yeah, and with an S on their chest. So don't be put off by that. Okay? It can, I used to look at, uh, I can't do that. I haven't got all that. Okay? It's because they want the perfect world. Does that make sense, everybody? Okay. All right. But it must be visually readable by your different audiences. Okay, so how do you display and sell your experiences? You've got to call it selected accomplishments. Okay? Because it's not all your accomplishments, right? You have to intimate the fact that it's only a selected amount of accomplishments. Okay? <clears throat> Real-world brief descriptions of actual accomplishments. Not just keyword listings. Okay? If you'll notice in my resume, uh, the second page, I think it is. Let's see here. Is, um, is it? Yeah. So you'll actually start seeing at the bottom of the second page, uh, two of, yeah. You'll see selected accomplishments. And I list out some little mini case studies there. Real world, right? This is how I've solved a problem. When he said that earlier, I'm like, yes, that's validation. This may be also a significant reason why. But if you notice my keywords and phrases, I put in that table, right? And I checkerboarded. I literally was sitting across the table from a, a vice president of marketing at breakfast. We went to breakfast. And I literally saw him with my resume with a highlighter going through that checkerboard <laughs> and, and highlighting stuff. It works. Okay? I made it readable. It's applying graphic design to your resume and understanding that you've got to make it scannable by the, the recruiter, by the database, by the hiring manager. Okay? He was all hot trot, and then he got, someone got sticker shock at the company. Well, strangely enough, 18 months later, they did hire me. <laughs> so, um, but okay, so real world. Uh, and by the way, when they did hire me, I found out my second day of the job, in a strange way, that the CEO is a megalomaniac. I mean, just control freak on steroids. And I couldn't keep him happy. But you know what? I created a success story there because I figured out 
that they had a 50% abandonment rate in their e-commerce checkout process. For people who are mandated to use their software, literally by hospitals, their credential credential management company. Anyway, so I created a great success story there that I'm still very proud of. So in spite of the fact that these people didn't have any integrity, I mean, just bordering on evil, if not over the edge, I've got a great, a, a great success story there for them. And I can show that to people, and I do. I show that. Here's what my case study is. Here's what I did. So, so showcase what you're, what you're proud of doing. What you made, how you added value, how you saved the company money, what you achieved. Those things, and actually those, those things were actually taught to me by a recruiter that had me, uh, they were sent me down to Austin to interview for a job down there some years ago. She and I are still good friends to this day. So I, I texted her there and I was like, what were those things again that you told me? <laughs> so I remembered the added and, uh, added and say, but I forgot about achieve. So if at all possible, use metrics. If you've saved them X percent or improve something by percentage or anything like that, if at all possible, use that. You're not sunk. If you don't have that, don't worry. Right? You can do a qualitative, not a quantitative type of type of thing. Um, quantitative versus qualitative, everybody with me on that? Okay. Raise your hands if not. Alright, so displaying okay. So accomplishments need to be relevant and speak to the job description you're applying for. I know that that sounds like a no brainer, but I, I need to say that because you've got to study the job description and look at what they're really wanting. Keywords, key phrases and jargon shows how you solve the problem. Be the solution for that hiring manager. It's the with them. This is basic. It's really so it's basic. All my sales background, when you understand it, it's like it's yourself. Yourself. So, all right. So, it must be easy to scan. Remember 6.25. Uh, I put 6.5. 6.25. Don't be afraid to use lots of white space, even if it makes your resume longer. Okay, uh, the girl I took to prom. Her her uh, her father is an industrial psychologist. One day I showed up at her house and she wasn't there, and I got talking to him. And he said, "Need to be an inch to an inch and a half margins." Okay, this is indu- this is straight out of the mouth of an industrial psychologist. Um, don't try to cram so much on the page. The whole thing about white. I teach my son, who's a, gra- who's a developing graphic artist. I've been managing and collaborating with, with designers, visual designers, for over 25 years. White space is your friend. <laughs> Repeat after me. White space is my friend. All right? Don't try to get it all on one page. You'll notice I've got lots of white space and big gaps between sections and stuff like that. Use it. Okay, it's why they put, you know, got milk in the middle of a full-page newspaper, right? Why do they do that? So it draws your eye to it, right? It's graphic design principles. All right, oops, went wrong way. Uh, all right, so don't be afraid to use white space. Experience needs to add value, right? Give reason, give reason. Support motivation for wanting to bring you in for an interview. Remember, what's our purpose of a resume? Get the interview. Nothing but that. You're selling the interview. Okay, and all right. So let's see here. All right, many case studies, like I've already talked about. 
It's real world successes. Right? It's what you've done in the real world. It's beyond just the listing of words. Okay? Accomplishments. If you've got, if you've got in a job description, if you've got a list of, list of things, I, and I tell people just put bullet points for your job description. Don't try to put big blocks of text or anything like that. But use bullet points. You make it easily scannable. But if it's any kind of accomplishment, push it to the top of the list. Right? Why do they pay? Why do companies like Frito Lay pay money to have their product put on the end cap instead of buried down in the aisle? They actually pay for that. Did you know that? They actually pay the grocery stores to do that. Put it on the end cap because they want someone when they first walk out. Oh, there it is, right there. Let's write that. So same concept. You want to put that to the top, right? Something with measurable success shows showcases what you do well. Skills and accomplishments. Bullet form, like I mentioned. Table form, like you see in my resume, right? Make it readable. And the, the, the resume, the, my, excuse me, the database search, it reads those tables. Okay, so the, the tables really work. <coughs> for the human eye as well as for the, the database search. And, or like I said, you know, it's got to be readily scannable. You'll hear me, these are several things I just, it's mantra. Okay. So your job history, faith, not fear. Listen, this is, well, it's a common point of fear for, for, you know, if you're going through, if you're in between jobs, I've been there. Anybody been attacked with fear while they're in a job search? Satan can come, and that's why it's so important to be plugged into a home group, some small group. Uh, here's a plug for home groups here at Grace. If you're not involved in that, check it out. There's lots of great uh, meets all kinds of different days of the week and whenever. <clears throat> all right, so even Jesus freaks get attacked here on this point. You're, if you've had fear, <laughs> you're not alone. Okay, that's why you know. There's a lot more. I don't think how times. Do not fear. Do not fear. If you go back and look in the, in the Word, how many times does it say "Do not fear"? More than three sixty-five. It's huge. It's you know why? Because our human nature default setting is not to faith. <laughs> we default to fear as humans. That's why we have to we have to be connected with God's people as well as obviously be connected with the family of faith, right? So, um, Pastor Gary Sherman, uh, a few years ago, look it up, look it up online. He says, two things to get settled. Is God good? And is He in control? Okay? So, here's it, here it is. If God is your provider, then is He able to open your Red Sea? Right? Here... Here are the Hebrew people. Their backs up against the Red Sea. They got the Red Sea behind them, and they got Pharaoh out in front of them. The only thing that stood between them and the, and the Egyptians was the pillar of fire, right? So, and even that, you know, it, that wasn't going to hold them off forever, I guess. So, is God able to open your Red Sea? I, I'm here to tell you from personal experience, I have seen Him open my Red Sea for me. With all of the job history issues I've had, 
and being in a field that's really misunderstood. Um, you know, I've been burned three times by companies in the last two years. Four, if you count the last three. Last three years. People say, yeah, we want that. I get in there like, yeah, we see the UI developer. <laughs> like, great. Literally, we're in our 10th, this past January, we're in our 10th day of earnest money to buy a house. 10th day. You know how many days you have? 10. To, before you get it back. And lost my job that day. We literally had to cancel the contract that day to get our earnest money back. We're still out five, 600 bucks to, for all the things. But you know what? Red Sea. <laughs> We had to say, okay, God, this is, it was devastating for my wife and I. We finally got our qualification letter to the day before yesterday. So we're back home shopping again. God's time, God's way and God's time. Um, but he is able to open the Red Sea. Okay, so we're almost done. Job history dues. Keep your job descriptions to easily readable, scannable bullet points. KISS. Keep it simple. Right? Anybody know the KISS principle? Keep it simple, silly. <clears throat> Relevant. If it doesn't sell, get rid of it. No black marks. No nothing. That's why you need to let other people review your resume. Even if they don't know about your business. They say, oh, yeah, okay, you don't need to get that off there. You know, the job description. Let me see the job description. That's what I'm saying. Let me see the job you're going after. Let me see your resume. Make sure that they're, line, they're, they're in alignment. <clears throat> okay, putting accomplishments at the top of the bullet points. Don't hide them in a big block of text. We, our culture has been Googleized. <laughs> Small blocks. If it's a if it's a paragraph, bring the margins way in. Okay. It's make it readable. Make it readable. <clears throat> um, there it is. Wide margins. Okay. Dues. Uh, okay. Employment dates. Uh, yeah, that's right. Make sure you got employment states, even if you think it's negative. Okay, let me tell you, and I'll share with you a way to deal with this. Okay, professional secret. Fill in unemployment, gaps of unemployment, okay, with work done in your own, your own DBA. It costs 25 bucks to get a DBA registered with the city of Arlington, doing business as. In other words, I have a company called Digital River Guides that I've done consulting. Set up your own DBA. It's inexpensive to do that. All you got to do is the name search, make sure that, you know. But you can literally, you know, so you've got that. You've got volunteer work, right? I've helped consult here on, on Grace's website, you know, with Jonathan. Um, that's volunteer work. I may not have got any money from it. Okay, so any type of work that you've done, even if you didn't earn money from it, it's still something you can put down and fill in gaps. Okay, so that's this. It's a little professional secret that people do when they're out having to work at Home Depot or something to make sure they've got the bills paid, right? So does that that concept? Everybody understand that concept? It's a. It's a. I've seen it. I've done it myself. I've had other people. You know, just have something in there. You know, any kind of volunteer work, anything. Really, it's okay. You're not being deceptive. That's something you really did, right? You're not saying, you know, you're not trying to to misdirect anybody or be deceitful, but that's something you did. People are, it, when, when I remember they were looking at dates on the, the recruiters, 
gaps. They, recruiters, HR people, oh, it freaks them out, right? So do what you do what you can to fill up those those days. Okay, that's something that will go a long way. That's a little thing, but it goes a long way. <clears throat> All right. So don't don't have large blocks of text. You've already heard me say that, but I'll say it again. Don't have large blocks of text, please. All right. Um, let's see here. Don't just explain what the role or task is, okay? But it needs to. It should. And it should not read like a job description that you originally read in the in online or wherever, okay? It, you should own it. Does that make sense? This is what I did. This, you know, that's the ads, the saves, the, you know, the, the 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 achieves things like that. Don't keep it from being such a cl- I guess clinical kind of job description because HR people and hiring managers they can sniff that they they see hundreds of resumes it's got to be it's got to tell them what you've done not just what the job was originally described as nothing negative about previous I mean he I think it's Eric or whoever don't don't talk about why you left okay don't nothing negative about the previous jobs nothing <clears throat> Leave that up to an interview process. Okay? Um, you know, proudly put down what you accomplished um, as best as you can. Okay? <clears throat> All right. So tips to remember. Speak in third person. Not I did this, but achieved this. You know, saved this. Uh, you know, professional that does this. Does that resonate with everybody? So, no, you speak in third person. <clears throat> All right. Um, important things to include, added value saved. This is part of some of my stuff from my networking presentation. So, um, once again, how does it differentiate you? Uh, omit, out, uh, omit items that would create questions in a reader's mind. Stay with me. I know we're we're covering stuff here fast. All this, you know what? I can. And if you want to go back to, I'll I'll send you this PowerPoint. So it's like 1.3 megabytes. If you want to see it, I can send it to you. So you know, uh, use your network to review your resume. Don't just send it off. Let somebody proof it. My wife's my secret weapon. (laughs) She is like a savant level proofer. Uh, uh, actually, she's actually writing um, inspirational and historical romances now, and she got into doing that because she was proofing for an internationally known historical romance writer whose husband goes to church here. Cool. But um, yeah, she's but use somebody else that's like that, right? That can pull and professionals that say, oh yeah, you know, I wouldn't say that, or you need to say that a different way. Use your network, use people, your, your sphere of influence to review this. You, you may need to get it out quickly. It can wait. <laughs> it can wait. Use people to review your resume. Okay? Uh, most important items at the top, you know, to the job description, uh, has to be tailored to the specific job description. I, I mean, obviously I've said that several times now. Uh, duties, qualifications, and requirements. Um, 
you know, if they got, if you got seventy five percent of requirements, you're good. Pray about it. It's God that opens doors anyway. He wants you there. Don't let this, you know, don't. Moses did, went where he didn't know he was going, right? Led the people out. Where are we going, Lord? I'm just going to wander around for a while. <laughs> so don't. The whole thing of faith, not fear. Operate from faith, don't operate from fear. A, a, a base of fear. Does that, does that help everybody? Is that under, understandable? Okay. So, tools for networking online. <clears throat> LinkedIn, um, Plaxo, <coughs> Facebook, uh, Twitter, you know. Um, I like to publish articles like on Twitter and stuff like that or pass along other people's articles on Twitter and LinkedIn and stuff like that. So um, it just keeps you out there, you know. Yeah. <coughs> so... Um, so, tools for networking in real life. Nothing can replace face-to-face contact. whole thing with meetup.com. Meetup is to networking what, you know, what LinkedIn is to the online world. Meetup is all about getting together. Right? Um, Chamber of Commerce, Toastmasters. You know, if you're not comfortable speaking in front of other people, Toastmasters is great. Coming socials, networking groups, professional and social. You just got to get out and meet people. Got to get out and meet people. So that's it. I know it was a lot of information. Try to take an open, try to sip from an open fire hydrant. Uh, but uh, there's a lot going on here, and um, and y'all got my yeah, you've got my my resume. You've got my email address there. Um, it's up there. But uh, if you're interested in the the networking presentation seminar, then let me know. We can we can try to look at scheduling that sometime in early in the year. Um, Anybody got any final questions, comments, outbursts? So, this was you're you're the, you're the guinea pigs to kind of see how this went. So, um, any comments you have, criticism, criticisms, or or compliment. Do you work with recruiters to get your contacts? Mm-hmm, I sure do. Okay, so is this what you send to the recruiters? Yeah. Okay, and then sometimes... All 13, 14 pages of it. Do they ask you to adapt it? Yeah, they do sometimes. Um, They say, oh, can you get them a shorter one? I'm like, "Um, if if they don't have a solid job description, which can happen 25% or more, I'm like, "Um, I haven't got time to do that. Uh, I won't go out on job interviews or I won't uh, won't go out on... I'll do a phone interview, but I will not go on a job interview I don't have a job description for. Um, I'll say... You're more than welcome to adapt to my resume, you know, and, and do that. But uh, <clears throat> very few, very few people are going to have the problem I do. I just got a lot of information, and I don't know what's pertinent or what are the hot buttons right. for the hiring manager. And so I say, you're, you're more than welcome to, and I'll I'll work with them as long as they don't want, you know, a huge, you know. <clears throat> Huge new, a huge new resume, or not huge new, but you know, if it's going to involve, and because there's a lot of work when I start editing and stuff like that, and I'm in a position where I don't have to. I I I know my defined field, and I I every now and then I'll add something or whatever, but 
I don't have to do that because of my specific field. <clears throat> That's not like what you're trying to you know trying to do transition. You're going to have to morph. You may have to edit your job, uh, your value proposition once you get it created. You know, you may have to to say that. So, you know, it's really um, if you got a long resume, you know, you may be asked to do that every now and then. But <clears throat> if you get the key words, you know, study what the job descriptions are out there, and you get the keywords and key phrases down, it's going to trigger career builder. Dice, whatever, and it's gonna you're gonna start getting hits. Make sure you create a spam email address, okay? That you check regularly, but all the job boards they sell your they sell your data, okay? Create a spam address. Mine's wb daniel, you know. So if it comes and I sign in as William, it's my legal first name. So if I get something coming to William in the in the mail or direct you know email or whatever I know okay <laughs> they don't know me <laughs> so does that answer your question as far as about resumes and but yeah that's a little little trick I do is I was like set up a spam email address um, that you know and you can use it for all your job online type of stuff Andreas did you have a question yeah LinkedIn kind of steps <coughs> you also through it what <coughs> higher levels of information you should have yeah yeah. It'll, yeah, it'll say how much percentage you're done with your with your profile development, stuff like that. So uh, <clears throat> there's a, um, I mean, I, I can step you through in terms of there's there's probably even some online seminars and stuff like that you can go through about they'll teach you about LinkedIn. So there's a book out for dummies that's pretty good. Uh, LinkedIn Ruta. for dummies that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's actually really pretty. Uh, Ruta wrote that. Oh. So huh. Interesting. Cool. He's yes, got sir. a big one, but I okay. Like Yes, sir. Um, do you still would you still use a cover letter with a resume like this? Uh, okay, that's. I generally when I do a cover letter, like I've got a cover letter that I put in the body of my email. Um, this is a copy. This is a copy of a, the Kathy that was sitting on the end down there. She gave me this. Uh, one thing I I like to do if I'm going to have to send a cover letter, I. I've gotten a lot of people to do endorsements for me on LinkedIn, okay? Uh, and I'll actually pull a quote out of there. You know, because there's something called third-party selling. And if you've ever heard that term, you've ever heard that term? If I say good things about me, you expect me to say good things about me. And so you kind of discount it a little bit. But if you say good things about me, even in printed form, all of a sudden, that becomes a lot more weighty. So that's why it's really important to get those get people to write you endorsements and things like that. Um, and beyond just saying, yeah, he's good at a specific skill set. And I've got 35, 40 people that have done that for me. I'm like, yeah. You know, <clears throat> but the trick is, you don't just say, hey, can you just give me an endorsement? Or recommendation is what it's called, recommendation. You give them talking points. Hey, could you write a recommendation that it, it covers these areas or one or, or more of these? And you give, because people, they're not good at starting with this, white page. They're too busy, whatever. So give them talking points about what you did in the job. When I sent talking points to the 
friend of mine that I did for the, the Nissan project, he's like, oh, I forgot you did all that. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so give them some. This is, if, if any of you all want to watch or watch, read this. Um, this is Kathy uh, left this. Uh, Kathy Peters left this, so y'all can, y'all can look at that, and, or I can send it to you in soft copy. But, um, so cover letters. Email-wise, yeah, you got to do it. Some some uh, some application processes require you to submit, or not require, give you an opportunity to do, to do that. If they give you an opportunity, do it. You don't know if it's going to be read or not, but it's once again, it's got to sell, and it's got to be one page, and you know, keep it keep it pretty simple. Uh, this has got three paragraphs in it. Um, you know, the longest paragraph is like five lines long, so. So cover letters, it's kind of a toss-up. <laughs> uh, but if it gives you an opportunity to further sell yourself, do it. Definitely, I'd say. Yeah. Um, anybody else got anything going on? Anything? Any interviews coming up? Anything? No? Um, if you got, and if you want me to review your resume, once you've kind of done that, or even review what you're working on as far as value proposition, I'm happy to do that. Uh, if you notice in there, I put in this packet that uh, personal brand is very synonymous with value proposition. When I started doing research on personal value propositions, I realized that if kind of the the more trendier term is actually developing a personal brand, and there's lots and lots and lots. Of, of resources out online for that. So um, I'm giving. I've got a whole. I think I may even added. Yeah, I, I think I put a, a list of links, uh, a document with a list of links in this uh, in that document there. So uh, elevator pitch. Uh, if someone says to me, "Give me two to three minutes about you know Andreas," tell me about yourself. So this is. Listen to me really careful here, because it could be life and death. <laughs> if someone says, give me two to three minutes about Brian, I'm going to give them 45 seconds. Tops. You will lose somebody after that point. They're gone. <laughs> and for someone who likes to talk a lot, you know, I've had to learn that. So, <clears throat> develop... I've developed this thing that plays in the boardroom down here. Okay, if we're user experience, what I do, I say user experience. If we're talking about breakfast, I find out what you want to eat for breakfast, what did it taste like, and what's the likelihood you tell your friends to eat the same breakfast. That's user experience. User interface UI develops the spoon to eat breakfast, and I don't do spoons. <coughs> they go, oh, <laughs> see, I just boom, I just delivered them a really quick very rifled definition of what I do. Very high level. Anybody can understand that. Okay? So, uh, that's, you know, if you're talking if you're talking about someone in the elevator, right? Because you got 30, 45 seconds tops before they, you get off or before they get off. So that's what the whole elevator pitch is. And that's why it's real important because your value proposition <coughs> will... Influence your elevator pitch, and your elevator pitch can influence your value proposition. So that's a lot. Of, there's a lot of information out there about developing an elevator pitch. 
stuff. Can we take all those down? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> I got this. I was doing a job. So, you know, we do these job fairs twice a year with Arlington Answers. Um, we've been doing that since 2009. And interesting thing that uh, the pastor um, that was that whose vision it was for Arlington Arlington Answers, a guy named Tim Wright, and God, God, for some reason, needed him home in heaven more than he needed him here, and got brain cancer. And <clears throat> we all prayed for him, like very few people ever been interceded for. And that wasn't God's will and plan at that point. Uh, to do that. It wasn't for lack of prayer and intercession. <laughs> and but the very first day we had a job a job fair was over at uh, Rush Church on Rush Creek. It was the, the morning we were having the, the memorial service for Tim. So it was very bittersweet. I literally went over there and spent several hours doing resumes and then came to his memorial service. But that was his vision to help take practical services into the community without the banner necessarily of a church because people won't necessarily uh, won't necessarily, you know, just because Christians have such, done such a good job of alienating the world. <laughs> um, so that's, uh, but that's what we're doing. And that's kind of where all this came from. What all this, uh, the job search and stuff came out of uh, came out of that because the, I we were doing this job career transitions workshop and uh, kind of where. Uh, I developed this initial initial networking presentation, and then, and then because of all of the, the the resume coaching I was doing, came this this whole the document that was job, job search two resumes. Uh, the basis of that, I was like, I need a handout to give to somebody at the end of because I don't have to like, you know, furiously be writing notes while I was talking to them. So that's what that came out of. I you know I put that together. It was like my seven top things. Uh, and that's a lot of what this presentation was about today. So, let me pray for y'all, and then we can get out of here. Father God, I thank you for, um, for each person that's here today. You know their heart, you know their needs. Just ask that you would direct them and guide them, give them creativity, give them persistence, and what and the directions that you're calling them to. Just pray blessings over each one of them and their household, their family. Just uh, pray all this in the strong and mighty name of Jesus. Amen.